should be rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sitting in like cast the couch here. So, uh, it's been an interesting day to say the least. Uh, we are in Sioux Falls, not Sioux City, South Dakota. And uh, got the opportunity to train two different polishing crews today. Um, let everybody introduce themselves, but I'll kind of get it rolling a little bit. Um, one of you guys, you guys both do dealer work? Yeah. Mainly for dealers? Yeah. So yeah. most of it's refurbished stuff? Yeah. Um, and some of this stuff comes in crazy rough. Like, the stuff we see today wasn't too terrible. It's pretty common to the stuff I see uh, through my shop on a regular basis. We'll get into that a little bit later as well, but uh, I'll let you guys all introduce yourselves. Uh, like I said, we're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, uh, Hartford, technically. Hartford? That's where this is? Okay, so I was stayed in Sioux Falls. Yeah, <laughs> technically, I mean, to the world or the nation. Right? This is the Hartford, South Dakota. They don't Dakota. know Hartford. Because you guys are from up in Brookings, Brookings, South Dakota. And that was like, uh, you said 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes north. North? So it's not too crazy far. So you guys are pretty close together in um, areas for companies. I mean, you're kind of competing in the same. I guess yeah, you guys don't really compete much with each other. I mean, they do a lot of our stuff, actually. Yeah, you guys send a lot of work to them. Yeah. So it's not like... I guess for me, the reason I want to do this podcast with you guys is because you're two companies that are working together for a common goal. It's like you guys aren't competing with each other to try and beat each other out. You guys are handing work to each other. Tommy didn't want to be on camera, so he's going to sit next to you. And I'm sure you'll hear him chime in sooner or later. <laughs> but uh, he's going to kind of be like, uh, what was that Tool Time show where the neighbor, like, you never saw his face? Wilson. Yeah, that'll be Tommy back there. But go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, say what company you work for. Uh, I'm Kyle Kramer. I'm the owner of Double K Sales and Detailing. I'm Grant Roper, and I work for Double K. I'm Jesse, and I work for Double K Sales and Detailing also. Alec Matea, and I work for Tommy, who's hiding from the camera, at the American Truck Store Detailing Polishing, TATS. TATS. That's what it stands for? Yeah. What does it stand for? You just showed me the, the American Truck Store. The American Truck Store. The American Truck Store? Okay. I was trying to figure that out yesterday when we looked at it. I was like, what does TATS stand for? I thought maybe it was like a play on words for your name, but it's the I American mean, Truck Store. Really? I mean, like a tattoo, you're doing body work. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, I figured there had to be some other story behind it, but and you guys both do full restores, paint. Yeah, paint, frame paint, motor paint, interiors, paint buffs, pretty much anything but motor work. So pretty much everything but mechanical. Yep. Yeah. But for you guys here, you guys have a mechanic working full time. We have like three of them. Three of them. Three different places that we can I mean, source it out to, I guess. It's not really our mechanics, but yeah, we literally within a block here, we have someone that can paint the cabs, sleep, I mean, anything for the truck. And then, you know, we do the frame paint engine paint too. You know, we have mechanics. We have one mile away, probably, maybe a mile and a half, and then one literally three shops down. And then you guys buff paint as well, both paint, of you guys. Yeah, basically everything that you can do with a truck, really. And I gotta say, like, I don't, you said your shop's pretty small too. Yep. You guys are both in really small, compact type shops. I was asking you yesterday, like how you polish a grill without opening the hood, or 
literally got to open the door, roll part of it outside, do it quick before it gets too cold. Because South Dakota here, it's much like Wisconsin. You guys get some cold weather. So it's not like opening the door when it's snowing and blowing is the greatest idea for polishing. Like we all know that polishing in the cold isn't great. Definitely not fun. But you make yeah. it work. Yep, make it work. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, five years. So you've been polishing for five years? Mm -hmm. What'd you do before that? Uh, I drove truck in the oil fields. Is that what got you into it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. I also owned, owned uh, hog confinements. So oh, what? Hog confinements, I finished out pigs. Oh, really? Huh. Finished them out. Mm -hmm. I got them as ISO wounds. <laughs> that's terrible. It's a big con. Got to make it now. I finished pigs. Yeah. We got a lot of slaughter plants over by us. So, yeah, that's went up the oil fields and drove truck and I was the only person with a halfway decent truck. So. The oil fields here? Up in North Dakota. When it was booming? Yep. And did you get out when it kind of died off? Or did you, were you no, still there just, when it started dying off? Yeah, it was, it got to be too competitive. Yeah. And just didn't like screwing your best friend. Yeah. So, it's time for me to go. Yeah. And have you, have you looked back in the five years and was like, eh, maybe I'll try something else? Or are you pretty well committed? Yeah, I'm pretty well committed. Yeah. I'm going to say, it seems like you got, you're always busy. That's good. For what it's worth, both of you guys have look like you're crazy busy all the time. So that's huge. And it's kind of interesting for me to understand the dynamic of two companies working with each other. It's like, I don't get that opportunity very often. Like when I go to shows and stuff, I try to take other polishing crews in just because it's hard for me to maintain everything. Um, there's just so much stuff going on all the time that like Louisville last year was 35 trucks. It's hard to keep up with 35 trucks with just one crew, especially when you're doing full details and stuff. So like I'm fortunate enough that people want to work with me at the shows, but when it comes to back at home, like I have 12 local competitors that I compete with on a day-to-day -day basis. I personally don't compete with them. I if somebody comes and steals them, they steal them. It's their customer. Like, it sucks. You hope that loyalty sticks around, but it's it's neat to see you guys tossing work. The, the cool thing with us, I think, is, you know, because we, we don't compete with them, really. I mean, we're critique because we're egotistical. But, <laughs> um, you know, even reflection in Sioux Falls. I mean, the cool thing about with our aspect of it, we're doing our own trucks, you know, like our owner Dylan buys trucks from all over and 70 at a time in Austin, you know, buys these, all these trucks and we get 10 of them back. So we got to clean those up and try you to get, get all details you know. so you can resell them. But then we, you know, source out to Double K and Reflection. So like when they get back, it's still helping us. Yeah. You know, it's not, shit, sometimes if we get, they get more money out of those. Then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool in that aspect because we're not really competing in that because of that reason, we don't want to go tell them they suck or not saying you guys suck. I'm just saying <laughs> we don't want to go tell them that because they're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not doing anything for you anymore. I can understand that. But at the same time, everything looks good. So yeah. And good. everything helps you guys out get stuff out the door too. I mean, yeah. you guys got, what, 30 trucks sitting up here that got to get yeah, detailed and polished? How many? 30 or 40. Yeah. Deeper, man. And then the sale end of it too is cool because, you know, like, they got to sell trucks to keep us afloat. On top of it, I actually trained Tommy. He came up and, and to, to learn how to polish out of our shop. So we got him going just to a ballpark. And our, our techniques weren't probably the greatest or the best at the time, but they worked for us. And got an idea. 
He got, the, he got the ball rolling. He was in the truck that time. He, we were sitting in the Vander Eggs. And we were telling Bill, you should just, you should look into this. Yeah. We were sitting on here, but, you serious? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's yeah. the reason that I, that we even exist, really. Really? Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's not. So you bought a truck or something from your. Or yep. You guys bought a truck off of me, and I was like, I mean, yeah, this is awesome. I made a lot of money, but in the same token, you guys are buying and selling the same thing. Here you go. And he's like, I know you've called me a number of times, telling me that I should have the Nebraska boys come up here more often because there's just so much mobile work that you guys don't do any mobile. Right. So I I set set Dylan up with you on your rim machine, and that's kind of what it started though. Funny work out there, and I was so overwhelmed. I, I barely I, knew the difference between a Peterbilt or a Freeland or anything. I so, built fire trucks before this, which I had no interest in. And Dylan just called me one day and asked if I wanted to help him start up a new business, and, and here we are. Yeah, I built fire awesome. trucks for ever since I got out of high school. I'm 30 now, so 14 years. Dropped that and took on polishing when I. I hate chrome, <laughs> but that's my, my Dylan career. called me and wanted to know if I detail his trucks, and I said, absolutely not. There's no way I can take on anymore. Shit, within the year and a half I've been here, it's like, I came in here and there were some gnarly ones, which I didn't know really how to polish that great, so, or at all, really. It was a good six I, months before I'd even let him look at a buffer. Yeah. So I have my parents train all the time that I don't let them get off a of hand polishing for the first six months. They need to see what it looks like when it's done before they can get on a grinder. I just didn't. He'd kill himself looking at one a year ago. <laughs> or kill myself because I didn't want to use one. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. My parents owned a uh, semi-detail company. Really? What was it called? I can't think of it. It was, it was in Sioux Falls. But it was a... Bought it from a buddy and the buddy stiffed him. And had like 125 grand on it. So I sold it. But I was... 10 to 12 years old, so I didn't really care. I didn't care if I did anything. You know, I went to the shop to hang out. But, and then, so I asked him basically, so I was going out of jobs and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. So, how long has Tat's been going? Oh, the detail part of it? Or? Yeah. Almost two years. Almost two years. Mm-hmm. So, you're in it five years. You're in it two years. You've been in it. Year and a half. I year and a half? So you've been here since almost the beginning. And then you two? Kind of. I've been with Double K for three years. So three out of five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been here for uh, a little over a year and a half now. And what did you two do before before this? Mm, I did road construction. Really? I drove a tractor back and forth. Really? <laughs> Listen to the radio. Pulled <laughs> the steering wheel? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was the manager at Domino's, man. Nothing exciting except tossing dough. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Like I always tell everybody, like your like your past pizza. is your past. It's what built you into what you are now. It's like, but do you enjoy what you do now versus what you were doing before? That's what matters. You can make a pizza and a whole pepperoni underneath a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best one. You don't know how you don't know what a nine sixteenth wrench is or what a truck was. He sold beds before this, and now he gets on the phone, and I don't even know what he's talking about. I feel like sales is sales. Like, I hate to demean it a little bit, because, like, I'm actually pretty good at sales. But, like, it comes down to if I can figure out what it is, I'll figure out a way to sell it. Like, if you're good at sales, you'll figure it out. 
he's good at it. Yeah. There's even at lunch sometimes you look tan and you can like overhear him. It's like I would not want to talk about that right now at all. <laughs> or he, the people like you heard earlier apparently with the boys like the people yeah. he talk gets talked to it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you guys got way more patience than I do. Yeah. Sales is tough. Like, it's not easy. Like, everybody's like, oh, you're just sitting at a desk. It's like, no, nah, you got to deal with people all day, every day. Half of those people love you. The other half hates you. It's like, it's not always easy. But sales are sales. Like, if you're good at sales, if you were good at selling beds, you're probably really good at selling trucks, too, just because a lot of the sales techniques transfer over from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always have to try to find a way for that customer to be happy enough to want to buy something. So no matter what you're selling, I don't care if you're selling pens or you're selling boats, like you got to figure out your audience and then figure out the way to sell to that audience. Try to talk to them, stop them, walk away. Yeah, you got to, it's a pitch. It's always a pitch. You're playing baseball. A year and a half, three years, year and a half, five, two. That's a pretty good group. Honestly, most polishers I know right now, the industry's so, industry's very old. There's a lot of old people in it. There's not a lot of new young people in it until like the last four years. The last four years, it seems like everybody's crawling out of the work, woodwork. There's a lot more information out there. A lot of people are catching on to being able to polish and knowing how to do it. And it's definitely getting to be a bigger thing. I'm starting to see a lot of people opening up shops. Um, did you, did you two get into shops like right away or did you do any mobile to begin with or was just straight into a shop and start? Uh, I, I was buying trucks and trying to, trying to flip them and I was doing my own, my own stuff and then yeah, I was in a dirt floor shop and then I was so grateful to get out of that and I just rented my shop that I'm installing now. So. so you've never done mobile at all? Never. Really? That always blows my mind because most people can't find enough work to be just steady in a shop right away. But you guys both like. Uh, it helps that our owner's dad owns these shops. So yeah. We kind of had a, a little hookup. Yeah. And the owner worked for another <laughs> company beforehand, too. Because so I mean, almost all polish shops that I know that started up as just polish shops, like most of them go under within the first five years because it just it's such a financial burden to be able to afford. A shop right away like I don't know what your guys' pricing is here like I didn't ask you guys pricing the whole time we were here because it doesn't matter to me in my world like whatever you guys charge for polishing is whatever you charge I don't tailor my pricing based on anybody else's pricing I have my pricing because it's what I'm comfortable with it's what I develop my customers comfortable with but maybe your pricing is better here I know you you and I have talked about it a little bit over the years that we've known each other. That I know you always tell me my pricing's cheap, but I don't think I've ever once asked you what your pricing is. I think I don't. I think we're pretty much the same. Uh, it's just how you you ward yours is different than mine. Mine's more blunt and to the point. <laughs> it's just I, when I first started out, I thought I was too cheap. And then you went way up, and it was like, well, the market made you come back down to reality because you weren't getting the word. So it was it was a juggling act of how to make your customer happy. You're actually making a little bit of money off of it, and you're you're keeping busy. So it was it was a big juggling act when I first started to figure out what's what's the right price off of the guys that are just dropping off rims that have biz machines and whatnot to figure out where you need to be 
in that, in that whole world. I feel like finding your market <clears throat> is probably the hardest part for most polishers. Like we talked about this a number of times today while you guys were training, that we're all over picky on our own work, right? I mean, we all dissect our own stuff and we're like, it could be better, it could be better, it could be better. But it comes a point where we've found good enough that most customers can't see the better. They can't see the difference with better. Like, I always tell everybody, I'll teach you how to do better. That's not the hard part. It's finding what your customer's happy with and what they're willing to be acceptable with. Like, you guys are fighting the battle of these trucks are going up for resale. So, if the truck's going up for resale, do I need to turn it into a show truck? Well, no, because most of the people that are buying it. have five different people looking at it that have different tastes and polish. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, most, farmers peop don't most people, shiny is shiny. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it took me a long time to learn that. I would say probably my first 10 years I struggled with that. I still struggle with it now at times because everything that goes out the door has my name on it. And I worry about what my image looks like. Like to some people, I get some guys come through my shop that are just beat up old farm trucks and they're like, I don't want it to look like a show truck. I just want it shinier than it is right now. And it's like, how far do you go? <laughs> where's my cutoff, you know? Like I have yeah. a limit to, I won't put out quality below this. Yeah. It's pretty low because I know there's a lot of people that are just okay with here, but I will not let myself go below that. If I can't, if I have to go below that, I just turn, I turn the work away. I just won't go below that level. What's the most interesting thing you guys have gotten polished so far? I know you guys haven't been doing this a long time. Um, have you guys gone to any of the truck shows and stuff? I know you said you, you guys have gone to Wheel Jam. I've been to Wheel Jam, I've been to Louisville. Um, I've been to uh, the one up in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, I what that one's even called. I've been to a couple of them. <coughs> I've only ever been to SEMA, I guess, so I haven't really. <laughs> <laughs> haven't gotten to polish any show trucks or nothing no, yet? No, not yet. No weird stuff? A couple Special Olympics parades I've been in. I've been around a lot. I've been to polish some parts for a little kid's motorcycle that was in a magazine. Really? Oh, that was pretty cool. Well, you just, those four candles, our four candles. Four candles and handlebar parts. Really? I guess my brother Reed does bicycles and he wants me to polish up like some handlebars and stuff for him. And oh, dude. I love doing handlebars. Everything like that, so. I'm Don't get him caught in the buffer. <laughs> spin around and beat you in the face. <laughs> I can tell you that one from experience. It's not great. Handlebars hurt hard. Yeah, I believe that. They're pretty solid. They don't go, they don't go too far. Mm, so, I'm kind of excited to do that. Hopefully try it out sometime and see how it works. I really can't think of some oddball thing that I'd really would be cool, I guess. Minus fire signatures and railroad spikes, just things when you get bored. Right? We've done the outlets at our shop. <laughs> hey, really? Yeah. Yeah, we just, uh, it's a cold winter day, and you really don't want to do anything, so let's polish something random. I polished up the copper tubing in my, my shop <laughs> for my water spigot. Everybody comes in and they're like, you polish your water spigot? Like, yeah, sorry. Just, one day I was sitting in there, we were waiting for the truck to warm up, and I was like, uh, what am I going to do? I'm just sitting there. Uh, I'm going to try something on this copper. Buffed it out real quick. Copper always comes out super easy. But yeah, it's a good conversation piece. Yeah. Just conversation pieces at all. It's just odds and ends stuff. Did you guys do any polishing at SEMA or did you just go to hang out? Just go to hang out. Yeah. 
It's nice to just be able to take a break once in a while. Just go out, get out, do something different. See other people's work. See what the biggest bar, everybody sets the bar at seeing the way up here. Yeah. So just to see that, be able to be around that environment is amazing. Yeah. I always say associating and seeing what the rest of the market's doing keeps you motivated and driven to keep bettering yourself. Even if you're not doing it for the customers, like I always say like I have maybe 12 to 20 vehicles a year that I get blank checks on that I can just kind of go crazy on and do what I want to do with it. Um, but I didn't get a lot of those for a long time. Like to go crazy and spend two days on something that I could get done in four hours. Not a lot of people want to spend that kind of money. I would, I would imagine that this area over here is kind of the same. I mean, I can't believe how many gravel roads are still over here. It, yeah. it just blew my mind yesterday Especially when we were pulling up. here in general. I think we're surrounded by gravel roads except for two, well, Highway 38, the interstate, and 42, pretty much. And so it's hard to keep anything nice around here. Everything yeah. in Wisconsin is paved, so it's always <clears throat> weird for me like when I go to other states and see that there's still gravel roads everywhere. All farmland over here. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of farmland too, but everything's paved between the farmland. Like, even people's driveways. I was telling Kyle yesterday that even if your house is a mile off the road, it's paved. More than likely, you have it blacktopped hmm. so that you can plow it easier in the winter. Like, it's just the way it is. It's weird, but you guys got more money than us. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> you see a paved road out here, you're like, dang, that dude has some money. <laughs> <laughs> So other than SEMA, you said you've been to Louisville, some of the other big shows? Yeah, I went to Louisville four years ago. What was the first thing you saw? Well, I know you guys had said, um, I'll, I'll let you guys explain it, but what's the first polished thing you saw that you were like, damn, I gotta figure this out? Mads race car. Who's? Mads race car back in the day. Yeah. You'd go to car shows and I mean, there was times during the winter off-season, it was like literally, he would polish his fucking block. I mean, he would polish everything just to make it look shiny. And I never understood that. Like, a block could get way hotter when it's shiny. Like, you polish your block out, it's harder to keep it cool. Like, it looks cool. I don't know. It, I mean, there was times where literally, like you were saying earlier with the mirrors under the tanks, like, he would literally put them under there just to prove, like, like the Winterfest of Wheels, you won that over literally like 1969 Camaros that were flawless. I guess for me, I started out trying to hand polish and it never worked. Never, nothing ever turned out the way that you thought in your head. And when you drive down to Peterbilt, you're like, dang, I really want, I really want something on my lot looking that good. And then I bought a Aussie and that lasted like two weeks. And I was like, man, that, that did not do it. <laughs> so there was plan B. And then I bought my first room machine. And I was like, how do you even run this thing? Yeah. Like, this is, this is nuts. Trying to figure out with no, nobody really telling me what to do. And just trying to figure it out was just a pain. That's how the industry was for 15 years. Like I was telling you guys earlier, it wasn't until like, the last six years that the industry started putting all content that people could actually learn from each other. Like, it was a crapshoot. It was a crapshoot for a long time. I mean, I had hardly anything to go off of when I first started. 
everything was trial by error. Right. I mean, just how it was. Right. And you didn't really, anything you did see, you didn't really believe. It was really, I mean, at that point, when I first started out, are they lying? Were they only showing you half the steps? You really didn't believe anything, so. We talked about that earlier today, too, that, you know, some of the videos I used to watch, some of the popular YouTubers, like, they just showed you a 10-step process because they wanted you to do 10 steps because they were selling the product. So it was like, well, now I've learned that I narrowed it down to like two to three steps on almost everything. I mean, you guys saw all day today that I, I don't try to do any more than two steps ever. I try to avoid sanding as much as possible. And we also talked about those guys that show up. These, I know Jesse's seen it, the guys that show up and, oh, watch this. You need to buy a case of this get out of my shop <laughs> don't even come back yeah like, i don't even want to hear it you're wasting my time just being here now just get out if there was an easy way i wouldn't have a business yeah so here there is no easy way it's that's probably the best part about when we released that video about the lumi polishing out 600 grit was everybody's like this looks like a typical sales pitch like right. they show you how awesome it is and then once we started selling it, we had it in stock and people were ordering it like crazy. It was nice to get a lot of people calling and messaging going, dude, this stuff actually works. Like, I thought it was just a gimmick, but this, this actually works. <laughs> Seeing it in person, I was like, whoa, that's quite a difference. I mean, that's just like, man, you can take dirt off anywhere and it's just like you took a buffer to it, you know, so it's... It's helped me out a lot, that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess, uh, I guess before, before I started polishing, you know, the thing is, I, uh, I actually did not know polishing was a thing, to be honest with you. I'd never heard anything about it. I didn't, didn't know that it was a thing. And uh, when I, you know, I, I just applied for a job because I was sick of working at Domino's. It's tired of the way they're treating me, you know. So I was like, look, I need something different. And my girlfriend came across, across Double K, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to apply for it. You know, it's a sales and detailing. So I, I figured, it, you know, selling trucks or whatever, obviously, has a semi on it. So, you know, that's... But I, I thought maybe like buffing paint, you know, doing other stuff like that. So I, I didn't really know the polishing concept. And I walked in and these guys were just dirty. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Because I, I, I was on the phone with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to go home and clean up. And he's like, you ain't got to clean up to come to my shop. I still wanted to look presentable. You know, it's a job interview. I still wanted yeah. to. Did not expect what I was expecting when I walked in. And I just walked in. It was like, whoa. Like, what is and then, uh, so what was your first thought when you walked in and you saw this place was black? You're like, this is the place I want to work for the rest of my oh, life? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just, my first thing was, why are you guys like that? Like, that was like, was I was like does it even come off? <laughs> like, that was like, like um, you know, so, and then talking with them and everything like that, I was like, you know, I give it a shot and I got a couple months in and I, I realized it's something that I, I, I did want to do, you know, it's a nice trade and everything like that, so, um, but... Funniest line ever. I think after his second week, it was like, How do you like being dirty all the time? He goes, I don't mind it. It makes me feel like a man. Wiping yourself off, just completely black water just flowing down the drain. It feels good. Um, my Honestly, like I said, you know, I've probably seen, you see shiny tanks, but if you don't know what it is, like, if you don't know somebody polished that, you don't think twice about it. You know, you could pass, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you how many trucks I passed by that were polished and would have never thought twice about it. Until now, now you don't miss a semi going down the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Every time, even dirty it's ones, weird. I'm like, ooh, what Every is that? You know? It's like, <laughs> but it's like, 
So, so it really got into me and, and, and making me want to do better is, you know, seeing seeing bosses and Jesse's work, you know, just, just seeing them and, and what they got going on and stuff like that. It, it makes me want to be at their level. But then, like, now that I'm getting up there, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly, like, giving them a hard time and, like, trying to push them to do better, you know, because it's like, I want to do better. And you flip on YouTube wanna... and realize that you're really not that good. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Until, until it's a long 20 years ah. in the business and all of a sudden it's like, it's just, oh. Like I said, it's just experience is all it is. Like, you guys didn't do bad on anything you did today. Like, there wasn't anything I saw that I was like, oh, well, this is going to need some serious restructure. Like, everything you guys did was fine. Like... You guys are doing a great job over here. That grill on that truck that just left, I did see the lines you were talking about. And like I said, it was just a pattern and an overlap issue. And that was easily corrected. You guys do the pattern I showed today, you're gonna to be golden. Like that all is just gonna disappear and not be existent anymore. Um, but seriously, like I try not to compare myself to anybody else because I don't have, not that I think I'm better than anybody else. I just don't compete with anybody because I don't feel like anybody else is putting out the same kind of effort. Like everybody puts in their own amount of effort. Like you've only been polishing a year and a half. You work, what time are you going to work in the morning? Uh, we're there about by, by nine o'clock. And what time do you leave? Six. So you're there nine to six. What is that? Uh, eight hours. With an hour lunch break? Yep. Okay, so you're there eight hours. In my peak, um, I've mentioned this in another podcast before. But in, at my peak, I had, I was sick of employees. I, one of my guys quit, started his own business. I was over it. I was like, I'm not doing employees anymore. I'm going to do it by myself. For a year and a half, I worked by myself, just 100% solo. I did 500 trucks in one year by myself. I was getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was averaging two to three trucks a day. I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning. I was starting by 5 or 6 in the morning. I wasn't getting done until 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, sleeping a couple hours and doing it again tomorrow, seven days a week from year and a half. Like it was right before my wife and I were starting to have kids, we had bought a house, we were trying to get things off the ground. So like, I did an entire year by myself, 500 trucks, and one of the greatest speeches I ever heard was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan talking to each other. They were talking about how they put in more effort than a lot of other people. And that's what put them apart from everybody else. Most people are putting in 40 hours a week. I was averaging 100, 120 hours a week. It's like working three full-time jobs, three full-time jobs, 40 hour, 40 hour jobs. And I was just hustling. Like most people weren't putting in that kind of time. Like a lot of guys work a lot of hours. Like a lot of polishers will work 10 to 12 hours. But when you start working like 16, 18, that's when stuff gets real. That's how it was my second year, right before I hired Jesse. It was two o'clock in the morning. Somebody chilled. What the? What the? What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> working. Yeah, you got to get things done. Everybody's like, when do you sleep? Like, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll when I get here. tired, I'll shut it down for a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot the shit with you for another hour. And then, thanks for stopping at two thirty in the morning. Now I'm not gonna get done till six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm gonna be here all night. I mean, that's how far back I was. But Kobe and Michael said, like. Most people go in in the morning, they eat their breakfast, they go in and they work, work out, and then they practice for an hour. And then they take a break, because you gotta, you gotta let your body rest. Well then they go back in again, and you'll practice at like five or six in the afternoon, so you get two practices a day. Kobe and Michael, they go in at five o'clock in the morning, they get one, one workout, one, one rep in, then they go eat breakfast, 
they'd get an hour rest, they'd go and put another rep in, and another practice, and they'd eat lunch, they'd go in and put another rep in, another, it's all about what you're willing to sacrifice. Like, if you're willing to sacrifice family time, you could be the world's busiest polisher. Like, there's never a shortage of work. And I did that for a long time. I mean, probably 15 years, I hustled hard, hard. But it was that year where I was like averaging two to three trucks a day by myself. I got a lot of practice time with that grinder. I mean, I learned a lot in that year just by myself because I had to figure out a way to be faster because I didn't want to work 20 hours a day for the rest of my life. Like, I wanted to figure it out. So it's just a... You figured it out. Yeah, it's a harder hustle. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot of polishers that are 30, 40 years into the game that have never put in that kind of time. Like, even in their peak years, they were still only putting in 40, 50 hours a week. The thing is, I don't see it really as a competition when I go up against these two, you know, kind of thing. I just I, I just want to better the shop and better everybody else, you know, and, and I want to make it kind of enjoyable, you know. Like, you go in, you, you beat each other up a little bit, you know, like, oh, this is, you know. And then, friendly rivalries are good for business. Right, you know, and then you go home and you go about your stuff at home, you know. And then From you the owner's standpoint, you do, I don't know about you guys, but I honestly love it when the guys rip on each other a little bit. Like, <laughs> It works out pretty good because it seems like it pushes everybody as long as it's playful and it's not like. Yeah, I push it far sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it gets yeah. a little out of hand and you start getting annoyed yeah. and you're like, just shut up. But I've it's had employees like... cry on me before and it was like, oh, I gotta throttle it back. I was a little too far. Like, <laughs> I just quit. Here <laughs> <laughs> you go, Tommy. You know what's happening if you push him too far. <laughs> he's gonna push it far now. <laughs> One day he's just gonna push it the furthest. <laughs> Push until it hits me. <laughs> hit you with a buffer, maybe. <laughs> I've been hit enough times to know that's where I stop. Like, I don't want to get hit if I don't have to. Oh, look at this dude. I know. What's up, big guy? You got a guest. by the big dog. Look at George. You just cute. I got a great Dane at home, man. So, yeah. big dogs fit right in my world. He rolled it. Yeah, I hear you. He's all kinds of happy. Yeah, I hear you. Rock water acts like a God, Sally cat. That's cute, yeah. man. God, I want one of those dogs. All right, so what's the... I know we've talked about this a little bit ourselves, but I'd like to get it on film. What's the amount of time you guys spend on a truck? Like, from the time you start a truck till the time you're done with the truck. No, I want people to understand that the answer to this question is with, in mind, that you guys are painting frames, you guys are buffing paint, you guys are getting these things front to back. Ours, we gotta tear a bunch of stuff off. Too. Ours varies so much because we're always constantly getting pulled away from yeah. detailing. And we gotta help the sales side too sometimes. Yeah. We're, one of us is always getting pulled away. Yeah. Left and right. So hours at a time. Like that time I drove that truck two and a half hours to Iowa. Yeah. Sometimes we can, it varies way too much. If you were on a truck just straight through, front to back, how long would it take you? If nobody was bothering you? It still varies too much between day cab, sleeper, how bad it is. I, I guess, I don't know. It's we just kind do, of a, we I, try to shoot for, we do interiors week. every, a truck a week? That's what, yeah, I shoot for. Yeah. I guess it takes us two and a half, three days. Yeah, I try to get them out in two days. If they have herds or not, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, you guys get a lot of herd bumpers over here. I know we've talked about this a number of times. Herds take us a while. If they have herds, that's a whole whole day by itself. I think the rotary is going to help you guys cut down a lot of time on that. Um, I feel like you guys are definitely going to knock down a ton of time just getting into the rotary sanding and slowing it down. 
it'll help you shave down a lot of that herd bumper issues. Especially on the lower grits, like lower grits will shave through that super fast. Herd bumpers don't take us long because we just won't do them. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Newman's that's the, that's the thing about herd bumpers, man. They can be a pain. But you learn a lot during a herd bumper because it, it, it'll, it'll make you mad by the time you get halfway through it where you're just like, this is that's why we dumb. Like, I'm still... <laughs> that's why we don't do them, yeah. <laughs> that's not even the bad part. The bad part is trying to do the grill. <laughs> While you're standing on top of it. Oh, that's brutal. Balancing I, I honestly hate that. That. That's, that, that. that's that's no joke. That's not fun. That's why we usually do the herd last and the grill first. <laughs> so I gotta ask you a question for you three. When you're polishing, is there something that you each specifically do on every truck? Like, do you do just tanks? Do you do just boxes? Do you do just wheels? <laughs> we try to. We. At, so at first, when you first start with me, you're just wheels. And then we try to work you in when you start seeing more, like you said, and then you step up. Then you go, well, we're gonna throw a grind in your hand. Now you're just doing steps. And you start off with the wheel machine? Yeah. yeah for, I've been in there for going on over a year and a half. <laughs> then you do steps and diamond plate. And you go up from there. Yep. And then, and then once you I'm working up that up to that right <laughs> once you feel good enough, I got a ball to use that dude. Once you feel good enough to uh, do diamond plate, then you step up the tanks and then you do airplanes and then you're pretty much then we kinda of throw you to the wolves and then you got a whole truck to do by yourself. See his first five, six months all he did was sand stuff Yeah. And I would polish. Prep and chase. See that's and then, and then he slowly got into it now. About the only thing he don't do is the wheel machine, which I'm sure he could. I just yeah, I just have no, I have no. He can. Try it. We've it's we've fun. kind of fallen into a routine to where this is his stuff and this is my stuff, but we can both. But he usually pawns his stuff up on. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the beauty of being the boss. He's about to have a baby, so I'm trying to be nice with it. <laughs> He's stressed out. I get it. About to have a baby for a year and a half, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I try to make it, you know, so everybody, if I'm gone, anybody can do whatever in my shop. Yeah. Everybody, there is no real boss who working as a team 100% of the time. If Krabby is being, doesn't want to do steps or whatever, <laughs> next person can do it. Or if I just don't want to do anything, it doesn't matter. We all work as a team and we try to get everything done on time. Well, like if you start the day doing tanks, tanks is your thing, or do you do like one like, do you split the trucks in half? Like, so, one, one person does one side, one person does the other? Do. So, generally, generally, I'm in the rim machine room, which isn't a problem because I am the newest one. So, it is what it is until we hire somebody else. Um, but there, there have been times where, like, you know, boss is busy taking phone calls. You know, he's, he's constantly running around because he's trying to do things. It's a lot of stuff. We, we had fleet trucks come in, and he was getting married, for so he was gone for a week. And needless to say, I guess I... Uh, I did get some help, you know, from boss again, but him being on the phone, trying to sell trucks and just trying to manage everything, it's it's a lot of work on him. If, if I can do more of it on my own, see, so, you know, he realizes so more side work than you expect. So the thing is, and you know, and boss apologizes for that. He's like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't seem like I'm around. Oh, I don't. Real. That's see the my, thing right there. He would never apologize. See, but that's my <laughs> thing is, I really don't care. I don't care what boss is doing because it's his business. He started it from the ground up. He's the one that made all this possible. He's the reason that. that I have a job right now where I'm at. He's he's the reason I'm at where I'm at in my life right now because he get, he started from nothing. So whatever he does, I can't tell him what to do. 
You know what I mean? He, he's the boss, man. So if he wants to sit, if he wants to sit out in his truck for eight hours and try to sell trucks, that's fine. So I don't care. Okay, so I that one sounded, yeah. sounded a little too personal. Like it was right out the money. No, I'm just saying. Look, I'm, just saying I'm just shit. saying. I don't care. So when it comes down to it, you know, uh, the thing is, you know, polishing. <laughs> Polishing full trucks. Like <laughs> built them up, built them up, built them up. Bang! And just skydiving. <laughs> so, you know, like when it comes to doing like a whole truck, I have done a whole truck by myself. And I know I can do it. Um, but I like doing rims. So the main things that I like to do is when I come in, the first thing I do is I bust off all the tires. And I take all the tires off the rim. So I just rim. You guys don't polish any wheels on the truck. They mm -hmm. all come off just the, the Just the steers. The steers. Steers and pushers stay on the truck. And um, both of you guys are like that. Yeah. Yep. It's way and easier to do a steer on the truck. I have. By hand. And the way you showed us today, I mean, you're pretty quick at it. But I feel like for me, trying to do it the way you did, it would be a lot faster for me to just bust them off and yeah, put them on the real seat and just go that way. And that's just that. I think that's just a learning curve. You know, I think once yeah, you honestly. I think once but you our, our thing it. is we do the frame paint, so we take the wheels off anyways. Yeah, the wheels are coming off. Right, right. But so like how it is, you know, so I, I like to do that. Once I finish the rims, the second thing that I like to come out and do, because I know he likes to do steers, I know how to do steers, that's fine. He can do them. Uh, I like to do fuel tanks. That's yeah. another really big attraction that I have. Is that's one of my second go-to. Like doing fuel tanks is a big pieces. So I it's like, like, yeah. You can really have a big canvas, you get to see, what, see what you're working on. So now that I've learned grills, God, I think I've polished, what, six grills now? And my first one, <laughs> these guys went to Sioux Falls and I was, uh, I was told to do a herd and a grill by myself. And I tried to finish it all in one day, which I did. Needless to say, I finished it all in one day. Did not turn out good at all, by any means. He had to come back and redo it all, but... Yeah, I redid both of them the next week. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, you know, after doing that... Well, you put in the effort and tried. The, the, the second and the third grill, I want to say, is where I really started warming up to where I actually, believe it or not, don't tell these guys, but I like doing grills. I do. Grills um, are tough. Like, there's a... If you don't get the pattern just right, like they don't come out awesome. Yep, they do, and so yeah, that's the main focal point too. And that, and that's the that's thing the is, front. you know, like right? It's, it's the nose piece. It's the piece everybody sees. I, I do have a little bit of stripes still in my grills or whatnot. You know, after learning your technique, hopefully I can take pattern. that into it and not have that issue anymore. I can still make some grills look nice already though, and I've only done six. You know, so it's that's kind of the next thing that I'm warming up to. And then air cleaners. Never did an air cleaner until what last week or something like that. I've never touched one. And then uh, I did it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to make this look so stripey and everything like that. And, you know, as you said, it's really hard. Just as like, <laughs> Jesse was like, air cleaners is one of the hardest things to mess up. If you mess it up, I'll be amazed. Yeah. And like, I used to be scared of air cleaners, too, like for the longest time. And I, I did it, and it, it turned out really good, and I was happy with it. So now I don't mind doing air cleaners, you know. It really all – so now when it comes down to the whole truck, I mean, basically the herd's what I got – really to focus on and now that I know diamond plate took me forever not that I can't get it to look good it just takes me so long to do so now that I know an easier way to you do it you polish it quick today yeah I wasn't yeah it take you long at all right that's so the, that's the best pizza looking diamond we've ever had in our shop really <laughs> what do you think fuck off <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of where I'm at with it you know so I've warmed up but to be honest with you, I like doing I like doing rims in a rim machine because uh, 
you know, during a stressful day or even if the prior day was bad, the, the room machine room, it's, it's quiet. It's, it's your own area. And, you know, you're in your own thoughts. You're sitting there and you're like, oh, I can make this rim look really beautiful. I do enjoy I can, running it can be a happy room still. or a death room. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it, it's your own fate in there. Like, you can make it the worst time of your life or you can make it the best time of your life. On days where I'm having a bad day, I do the same thing. Yeah. If I, if I get in my own head, I'll go and sit in the wheel room and just run some wheels. And it's like, it just clears your head because you there's so much focus on the wheel. It's like, I forget about everything. I put the wheel on there to get sandpaper. Just, you just forget about everything else on the outside world. It's your own little area, your own little space, and you just kind of turn everything out. Everything gets tuned out. You got to focus. You don't want to die in there. So, what's your favorite thing you polish? Wheels? On the machine? Tanks? Fuel tanks. Fuel tanks, tanks are my favorite Jesse? things, yep. Favorite thing I've polished would probably be hopper bottoms. Really? Mm. I thought it was really oh, it was oh cool God. to see after we got. Oh my God! It was cool, but this that was. Oh, cool. I'm sorry, I'm gonna hire this guy today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those, are, those are pretty cool. They, they, they do look pretty cool to see done, done. But, but they suck. Dude, oh, they're terrible. And you're sitting there like this after. <laughs> I mean, really, anything that you polish is cool because it's like instant satisfaction. You know, instant gratification. Yeah, yeah 100%. you can see the results instantly. It's I like mean, one of those satisfying videos, you know. If, it's, if it turns out good, it's amazing, you know. When my wife and I first got married, <laughs> she always like, "Why are you working so much?" I'm like, "Because when the metal's wrong, I know right away. It doesn't. Like, I know how to fix it. Like, when you're mad at me, I don't know how to fix that." <laughs> but it's instant gratification. That's the best part. I feel like that's what gets everybody hooked. Is it's like you get to see results for your actions right away. Mm-hmm. It's extremely rewarding. It's also yeah. very stressful sometimes. It can be. The, the bad part is when the customer shows up and you're like, how do you think it looks? And you just banged out this great job. And like, oh, it looks good. Oh, Rachel God. Jack and leaves and you're like, just the worst <laughs> reactions. Ever. Come on, man. <laughs> well, the worst thing ever is when you polish somebody's steers off the truck. And they come pick them up and they just throw them steer side down in the no. back of their chicken. Pick them. It's like, what did you just do? I see that all the time though. Like Why we got even polish that. We got a scrapyard that brings us stuff all the time. And when they load the wheels in, they stack them on top of each other. Like yeah. they'll stand one up inside of it. I'm like, I just oh my god, you can't argue with it. It's like four of them brings twenty wheels at a time. They yeah. throw them in the back of that truck box. <laughs> Flopping around everything. Everything just got scratched. I did. There goes that. So hopper bottoms. Yours? What? Your favorite thing to polish? Uh, favorite thing to polish? Wheels, tanks, boxes, grills. I don't know. I guess. I really enjoy diamond plate, but apparently my shit sucks. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. At so is diamond plate your favorite thing then? I, you know, I really enjoy it because that's actually like straight up today, like even the box, like the sides of it. Like, I feel like you take more, most pride in headlights and fuel tanks. Oh yeah, you get a gnarly fuel tank coming in, you make it shine up. And I'm not about sanding. So like, actually the best time ever, best moment was when literally he walked over and I got literally the fuel tank done before he even got done sanding. Or like at least half of it, probably three quarters of it, and he comes over and I was like, "Dude, come check it out." And he's like, "What?" Comes around. So I always ask me if it's good enough, which I think it's good enough, but it's like, so I mean, he critiques everything, <laughs> which is good, which is yeah. good, it keeps me going. But when he come around, he's like, "Oh, that was awesome," and I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, it's probably the best we've ever done." And I'm like, 
dude I didn't see. Honestly, I don't compliment him very often. He doesn't at all. <laughs> which, it's cool. Like, it's whatever. But, like, yeah, he's like my dad, kind of. You know, it's like when he finally says, yeah, you did fucking awesome, it's like, oh. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah, that, you know? But when he came over and he's like, dude, that's probably like the best one ever. I was like, dude, I didn't. It took me 20 minutes to do this. That's yeah. awesome. That was probably the coolest one ever. Because I didn't even, like, sand it. I didn't. <laughs> he was like, thought I was behind, so I was like. <laughs> and I'm on the other side sanding. Yeah, sand so I'm like. Oh, you guys I'm told just... me today that you guys sand almost everything, huh? I don't. We do. We do. I do. I don't. Know. We do. I will gladly admit that. Only sand time. when you need to. In the last Headlights, three, nothing. four months, we've gone yeah. away from Yeah, yeah. Literally, that time. When so I you just... guys sanded everything. We sanded everything. Everything. You think you're still going to sand everything even after training today? Yeah, I might not nearly as much of it's as clean as the truck we did today. Yeah. Um, yeah, the truck we had in there was actually pretty good shape truck. You know, that's, I, want, I wanted to have one because we get some gnarly trucks. I wanted yeah. to go find the worst one we had so we could get the most out of this. That was definitely not and, the worst one. <laughs> well, half of them won't start right now. And... <laughs> <laughs> Normal we a, problems. We had to grab the telehandler and lift it up, drive up from all the way over here going two miles per hour, three miles per hour, and then park it in our shop. And then try to fix it on top of polishing and detailing and everything. Oh yeah. So like my minor, minor but it works out. Work it. That, that I feel like I can handle it will do, but not not anything super extended. Yeah. They, they, the salesmen, they think we can do anything. Literally. <laughs> it's like, go man. change a piston that went out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, can we change the starter? It's like, dude, those things weigh like 150 pounds. Second of all, no. I wouldn't even know where to look. Be like, yeah, okay. Well, that's like, our it's boss texted me a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, go out to this truck and send me a couple pictures of the motor mounts. I don't even know where the hell they are. Like, it's so crammed in there. <laughs> but the thing about it is, nine times, well, probably eight out of ten times, we do get it. So when you like put expectations on it, it's next time it's like, fuck, I should have admitted I could do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're giving yourself extra work. Yeah, literally. Which is cool. I, mean. I, I do think we are going to cut down on some saving. I mean, I feel like we saving a lot. Sometimes I'll, it, it saves some money we, too. It we saves get some product. pretty gnarly trucks in, but we saving a lot. Those little mounts that hold the mirrors on the bottom right behind the breathers, I, I guess I take those off. Did you already sand it all? Added touch. No, didn't sand those. Didn't sand the tank. Well, I sanded it 400 and 600, I guess. This just because the, the pits had some sharp yeah, edges on yeah. it. Yeah, it was pretty, there was some good scratches. But, but even then, like I said, I, I'll a lot of times just spot sand that bottom part where it's all blasted from the stone chips. Like, I'll just sand that lower part and. We did actually, I did learn that. The rest of the I didn't think whatever. you could just do that. I'm like, look, you're just going to. I think we were pretty shocked on that that aspect of yeah being able to spot sand yeah being yeah. able to spot sand and, and just not blend it together yeah. you know the back of that tank yeah. that was the biggest I was like yeah, you're missing a lot of that yeah I didn't know I didn't know no, simple sudden, degree turn made it like that like it all blended know. together like you guys saw looked it. great even after right. just sanding that spot the whole back of that tank looks the same yeah it just all about pressure mm-hmm. and even the angle you know because I always go straight up and down like I said and it's like same. It's like I still get, you know, trying to green, but I still got the I didn't know that just turning it just a tad bit more was gonna was it gonna make, make a it, big difference. Yeah, like For real. That I, on that back of that tank in particular, I was like, 
Yeah, I was really amazed with how mine turned out. I was like, yo, that so was... Done, I was telling you how I just, like, scattered that one time, and it turned out pretty decent. Yeah, getting it warm. But Maybe I did it two times. You know, I went ham on it quick for a little bit, just all over, literally all over, and then came back flat, and then I wiped with it, I guess. But at that, I was like, because I didn't see any lines, you know, until I looked at a weird angle, and you could see it, but it's... I feel like a lot of times people pick their stuff apart, they look at it at weird angles, like angles that nobody else is going to look at it. Like, guy sent me a picture one time, looking up at a tank like this, I'm like, is the tank mounted in a roof? <laughs> Why are you looking at it down You're there? The He's like, well, I can see a line right here if I lay on the ground, and I'm like... Is your customer gonna lay on the ground? Like, why are they looking at it at yeah. this angle? Like, like I was telling you guys, the light reflection, the way the light reflects. Like, if I lay underneath the truck and look out at it, like I'll pick apart almost any polisher on the planet. Like, you'll find something if you get on right. a goofy angle and get the light at the right angle. Like, you'll find something. It's just the way it is. But um, that's a that's a thing we need to learn as like in our aspect of the whole deal because you get some guys that forget. Yeah, I just want a Cummins. I don't care what it looks like. So we got the shiny one over here for ten thousand dollars more. But like, he doesn't even look at it. Yeah, you know? it's like but we're sitting here trying to win shows <laughs> with our own back lot. <laughs> you know, it's like shit. Uh, pretty. Yeah, it's pretty competitive. There's a lot of competition back there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like your own little truck show. Literally, we want the last. We want this one to look better than the last one, no matter what. But like, when you get that really. Pretty already good looking truck. Like that one, for instance. I mean, that was pretty good shape. Honestly, that some, truck that we have in there now, you could have hit with a foam pad and your, what do you call it, Lumi? The Lumi. And that would have been good enough to sell the 75%. Joe Blow down the road on Highway 14. You yeah. Know, it's, that's going to drive it through manure for the next 10 years. We got a ton of farm trucks over us to get polished too. So like, mm -hmm. like, like I said, I try to gauge the customers and figure out what the customer actually wants, so not we, what I we want. We don't have any idea who our customers are. That's, that's the, the that's thing. The yeah, tough that's one what I was trying to say. Like, we're selling, we're making it look nice back there. But the beauty for you guys yeah. is, is like, you could upsell it. You know, like, oh. put it on the lot at your base polish. And if somebody comes in and is like, you know, I'd really like to buy that, but I wish it had a show polish on it. You can have your salesman upsell it. Be like, listen, I can have our guys. Right. Throw a show polish right. on it. We could have them, you know, sand everything out, mirror it out, even more than it is. It's going to cost an extra four grand. Right. And most people are like, yeah, sure, have at it. And there have been a couple guys that literally come up, and we've had a couple. Actually, this guy, the guy in Iowa, he bought one truck from us a few months ago, and it just looked so badass. He was like, okay, I want another one. You know, like I said, we got painters, two shop now, yep. mechanic over here. I mean, it's like one of those things that. He knew it was the easiest act. He didn't have to do a thing. Yeah. He knew it was going to look great. So when me and Tommy kind of took a little extra effort on that one to get it to look for that orange truck, just to make it look literally, in our eyes, perfect. Yeah. You know, just to, you know, stand on the frame more. We took all the time in the engine, you know. I didn't know anything that I think is perfect. I'm too picky. Literally. Well, yeah. And that's what I have to deal with usually too. Honestly, in my 20 years, the amount of stuff that is like what I consider perfect, I can count it on one hand. Like I'm overly, overly picky of my own stuff. Right. And I feel like everybody's their own worst critic. Yeah. But oh, for sure. I know I am. I can count on one hand of things I think was like, oh, that was the closest thing to perfection I've ever come. 
that's pretty much what it is. You're never perfect. It's like, damn, that looks damn good. You know, like, usually better than your last one or whatever, what you thought was the last good thing you did. You know, you always want to, like you were saying, you want to better the shop even. <laughs> me and him probably have like the craziest word. I mean, the guy lights me on fire sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hit on that for a second because that was funny for me. Like, hearing the fact that he actually lit you on fire was like, that's Literally. actually pretty funny. <laughs> I swear I could have a podcast or a YouTube video on just stupid stuff we've done to other employees. Like, Oh, we'd have a full episode ourselves. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's not, it is, I'm usually the shit end of the deal because I laugh. I can laugh at myself sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, he does, he's just, he's a dork sometimes, but it's like, totally mine, not Funny asshole. Like, yes! And, you know, walking, they walk in the shop, big old snowball in his hand. Let's whip it out of hell. Actually, what he does is he plans it with Austin beforehand, our salesman, and they usually come up with some crazy shit. And I'm always in. I'm usually working, is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I got the best one. It's probably another time that he quit on me. But uh, he had a period where he, he couldn't get to work on time. He, he was late, late. He went through some crappy stuff in his life, but and I was hard on him, but. He was late, 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 and so I got this idea. There was, there's four of us that work here, so I went up to the old dollar oh, store. Oh, fucking asshole. I, didn't <laughs> I bought four little, little birthday <laughs> gift bags and a colorful paper you put in them. <laughs> and I bought an alarm clock, a cheap little alarm clock. And I put it in his bag, and I wrote all our names on it. And it was me, Austin, and CJ. I put our names on it, and I threw a $100 bill in each one of those. And I, I made CJ bring them over and said, Hey, the boss man showed up with some... Uh, quarterly gifts or whatever for doing good this year. So everybody got a hundred dollars and you got a so, alarm clock. So I, I told them, I said, make sure we open ours before Alec gets his paper out. And also we just like, shit, a hundred bucks. And he opens his and his alarm clock and instantly <laughs> hucks that thing across the shop and out the door he went and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> Right. Went over with his garbage can. I paid hey, some nice alarm clock. Hey, Twelve dollars for the damn thing. <laughs> so then I walked out and I was upset and I was about to text Dylan say I quit. <laughs> Literally. And they all came out saying it was a joke. So then I took the alarm clock out of the garbage and threw it across the parking lot. Sure I even bet him twenty bucks that he wouldn't go home and plug it in and send me a Snapchat of it and he never did. Still owes me twenty bucks. It's in the garbage. Well <laughs> yeah, that that reaction was priceless. <laughs> Savage. That was probably the most savage one. Cause I was pissed. I was pissed. Cause I knew I fucked. I'm not gonna lie. Like I knew. I was like, God, I got it straight. But at the same time, I got my point across. It, yeah, he did. He did. But it was still. That's funny. Savages. Zach and Parker and Keenan and those guys talked about slinging rouge at each other all the time. Like you guys gotta stop. Like like. Yeah, 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 like when they get the little chunks. He's done that to me too. Just <laughs> aim them at each other. And <laughs> May have done that a couple times. <laughs> Those things hit you in a temple, it'll kill you. Like, me and Jesse just have hurt. a problem with throwing te- tape balls at each other. <laughs> oh, tape balls, I, I'm the part. Well, I guess what he does is he just takes the rouge and slings it all out. Like, I'll be working, say, doing a tank. If he's over here, I'll go, <laughs> Yeah, right, right at me. Right at me. <laughs> in my face. Like, yeah, I do that on, quite a bit. I, I can't say I don't. The start of the. 
Starting the pants on fire was pretty hilarious, though. I haven't laughed at that one. So I knew my pants were getting ready. But look what we do for You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go get brand new pants and just come to room. I, I wear them until they're blown up. Like, I don't think these pants are going to make it home. They had a little <laughs> hole. Oh, mine knee. are way more naughty than that. And they're, I'm like, yeah, I think they're just going to end up in the trash at the hotel room. I wore pants that had a ripped back pocket for like a whole week and a half straight. <laughs> or they get caught on the, like when you have the hood flipped up, you roll on the top handle. I'm tall enough, I don't have to worry about getting caught on that stuff. <laughs> like those side seam of your jeans though. Yeah, I don't worry about that. Because they're a foot higher than yours are. You're tall enough that you can just polish your grill just yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But, That's I don't know. Fun. We, we you try and make it a little more fun than... We all know it's a tough and dirty job, like, yeah. and it sucks. It's the not best part about ours is it's all, we've all known each other for, like our boss, we, well, he went to high school with him, I've known him for 12 years ago, I would have never, I would have laughed if he said I was going to work for him. Same. But now it's just a Ray big group that's against him, I was Really? And he's a year older than I am. My dad and his dad are best friends, and it's, I, yeah, I would have never, I knew he was going to be successful. At the same like, time, I knew he was gonna... it sucks at times, though, because uh, it's hard to, you feel like it can be more lenient on stuff, but you don't know how far. Yeah, like, you don't know where I still, that like, When I'm at work and doing business stuff, I still try and be as professional as I can right. when we're talking about business stuff. But at the same time, he's my boss and somebody I can walk up to and hit the nuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Laugh about it. Thought about it. He, he's a cool guy. I like working for him. Treats you great, too. I mean, that's a cool thing. I mean, like I was saying on the family lunches, every Thursday. I try to do the same thing with my guys. It's just like, little simple, little, little things. It's the know? little things they call sometimes. Yeah, Lunch does every Friday with us. So. Yeah, it's, it's. There's been times we went to, we call it family lunch. We all takes us out to lunch Thursdays. There's been times we go to lunch and we get playing Buck Hunter. <laughs> just and next thing you know, it's 5.30, and we're all eight beers deep, and I'm not going back to work. <laughs> it's only happened that, twice. That's happened at our job. One time I left early, I don't and you were at so Daryl's planet. Yeah. I get back to work after I thought I took like I took like 45 minute hour lunch, and I'm like, shit, I'm late, you know, I took too long, I get back, and I call time. I'm wait for, actually, I wait for about 20 minutes, I'm like, Yo, where are you at? We're at Daryl's playing Big Ball Hunter. <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you like, drunk or not? Oh, we've had a few beers. All right, well, I'm at the shop. <laughs> it's cool. That's too funny. Well, we get a lot of stuff done, too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I try to break up the monotonous and taking the guys out to eat or going to SEMA. Yeah, I've been to SEMA the last two years. I wish we could have went summer this year. You did, so we came to Hartford. Yeah, obviously, uh, well, <laughs> so this is our scene. Well, I'm sorry I told to let you down. To <laughs> <laughs> I told we can all clean up and go to Grand Falls tonight. You know. <laughs> Too great for idea. It's been fun hanging out with you guys. Like, it's nice to just get to see a different side of the world for me. Like, I, I know I had this conversation with Violet. I trained a group of people up in Canada. So it's cool to get to go to different areas and get to see the different ways people are doing it. The trucks are always different. Like some areas get beat more than others and you guys definitely get beat pretty hard over here. Like I said, gravel roads are rough. Like I didn't realize how much rougher some of the stuff is over here. 
I mean, we all have to deal with acid. I mean, that's just a, a beast that everybody deals with, I feel like, but stone chips are a whole other beast. By us, all winter long, everything gets blasted with salt. So it's like, everything's got salt chips in it, but it's nowhere near like the stone chips you guys have here. Yeah. I know people put their steers on uh, backwards, so that way the gravel road doesn't chew them up as fast. What? So yeah. the oh, steer the tire? Tire, yeah, so the I've steer heard that a number of times. A lot of guys that run a lot of gravel roads run their steer wheels in the reverse direction. We were talking about that today. Yeah. Wait, well, wear, is that why you put that one on back? They wear better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why. Is that your tiny dancer? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate quietness. <laughs> he, does, uh, he gets in his own thoughts and he's just like... Is <laughs> that this whole time? Oh, really? The music I used to until like just now. The music has? Yeah, it's been on since before we even started the podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. A background. I doubt you'll even catch it on the mic. He's so. like a producer. You won't. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. It's got to be pretty loud to catch it. I mean, when I bump the volume up, I mean, so I can, can crank it. Speaker's right above it. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. that one more? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you will hear. That's funny. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> All of a sudden, Tiny Dancer comes on. My jam. <laughs> So what's your, what's your go-to while you're polishing? I know you said you listen to music. What kind of music do you listen to while you're working? Oh, God. It, you know, music? I'm actually very versatile on music. I know you mentioned open. MGK before. MGK is my Let me just say, dude. Eminem's a way better rapper. True story. I mean, I like them both, obviously. Group. I really don't care either. I just love them. I can people. listen to anything from Luke Combs to... Tiny dancer. <laughs> yeah, to you know, what? Uh, What's your go-to while you're working? My go-to rap, hip hop, pop. I would say country, probably hard rock. Just anything faster pace, really. I really don't know. Like I can go from Queen to MGK to Luke Combs. Okay. Literally, it's, it's like the same way. Like I. So it I depends on my mood. Yes, exactly. Spotify, like I can like all the songs, you know, I love them, whatever. And there's times where I'll just go to my playlist and my songs, whatever that I like, and hit shuffle. And this one comes on, I was like, oh, banger. If people listen the to shuffle online, like, like they'd go mental. Like I have Mozart, I have Sikorsky, like I have weird stuff online. See, I would not mind that. You can oh, like, listen to Mozart, and you're just like, you're getting like, a Barbie girl from Aqua or something stupid. <laughs> and once in a while, you're like, what is going on here? What about you guys? Go through um, music. If, if, if I'm listening to music, it's usually hard rock. Hard rock? So I'm uh, more recently, just because of what's been going on in the world and everything like that, I'm, uh, I listen to podcasts right now, so I listen to a lot of Tim Cast stuff like that just because he breaks down what's going on. Um, but conspiracy once, yeah, yeah, I do listen to I do <laughs> listen to a lot of conspiracy theories too, and a lot of yeah. It's so, terrible. but overall, I would have look to say up, a majority. Look up Keenan Huppert. You two would get along great. He <laughs> loves conspiracy theory stuff. I enjoy it as well. Like I like listening to it, but I don't get myself wrapped into it. Like so. So I besides, I guess all of that, I'm an old gangster rap kind of guy. School? So I like Biggie a lot of Biggie, Pops. a lot of Tupac, uh, older Snoop Dogg. You're the youngest guy in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like a lot of the old school stuff as well. A I lot have of a playlist just for old school stuff. A lot of uh, Three Six Mafia. I listen Ooh. to some of those. Got to beat um, Three Six Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know. That's really. 
Jesse, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I don't listen to any music while I polish. I don't listen to anything while I polish. You don't listen to anything? Nope. Really? Just straight headphones? Just mm-hmm. in the zone? Mm-hmm. Like to pay attention to what's going on around me, I guess. Really? Listen to the equipment. Dude, you know. OSHA pay you to be here. Yeah. Jesse's <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most straightforward guy you'd ever meet at work. There's nothing wrong with it. Hey, that's no, nothing at all. I guess I went to school for auto body. Sure. So my instructor there would allow headphones because really? you know if a rock gets underneath your sandpaper, you know, you wet sandy or something, you can't hear it. And it'll, it'll mess up your whole entire paint job. <laughs> yeah. It'll make a bad day in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's probably where it came from. Just, yeah. I just it's like awesome that was here. Every time he comes in our shop, he turns the freaking radio down and it drives me nuts. He turns it all the way down. And I always bitch at him about it. I didn't do it. I blame him. So what do you listen to, Tyler? Everything. Everything? Literally. We're like the same with that aspect, but the thing about it is when he has a radio blaring, it's usually in the wheel machine room, so I can hear it, but all I hear is, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm going to go insane. I mean, I, don't, I guess. Like I don't. on Fridays, I like to come in in the morning and blast that Rebecca Black Friday song. Friday, It's... You'll have Never to listen to it for it. It's like a 14 year old girl singing. It's a pretty good jam though. Gets yeah. me pumped for Fridays. So is everybody Bluetooth earbuds? Yeah. I, I, I just have that radio. I did, radio. look, look. I did used to wear corded headphones, okay? And I never once got them caught. Until I hard sanded ribs. Until you did. Until and a week where you caught three. In. And three in one week. And I really? said never again. Yeah, because I kept hard sanding the rim. And it would get to a point where I would stop it, you know, because I'm switching sandpaper. But I wasn't paying attention to how close I was getting to my cord. And the air would suck in my cord. And then it would rip out my earbuds through my head, like my earmuffs, man. And it only ever happened I when I was hard sanding ribs. Bluetooth earmuffs? But my not, cousin had those. They're not near loud enough. He had the Mac Tools ones. They were ridiculously loud. Like, I'd talk to him like this. He couldn't even hear me. Like it was I'm already like, deaf, so. See, that, like, this, I feel like this, how you can hear the radio now is all the louder they would get. See, I and can't. And you get the wheel machine going on and you don't even hear it. I can't, uh. I can't have both earbuds in because I have to at least be so aware of what's going on around me. Like That's if something right. were to happen, I can still hear out of one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been throwing wrenches had thrown at, been thrown at me for fucking having both headphones. He in. thinks I throw the shit at him, but I throw it at the wall beside him. So no, you're just inaccurate and you miss. <laughs> that snowball wasn't very inaccurate. You better be careful with that. <laughs> I'm so lucky with it. I've seen he throw. Whenever you need to get his attention, it's like right in the dome. Or I guess my aim wasn't that bad. No, it's going to be a razor blade or something. Our 916s are always missing, so I'll do that. Next time he's gonna need to get your tank, you just slap the earbuds right out of your head. What really gets me? He's a welder. He's a welder before I am. So he'll always walk up to the bench. I'll just be getting it done. No headphones at all. All of a sudden, whack! Right on the top of the bench. (laughs) Fuck! God damn, man! Like, I bet you three times a day sometimes. Good thing he ain't got trigger lock on. And he gets bored. He gets bored and doesn't. It's like he just like, I'm gonna fuck with that. That's why my girlfriend's daughter hates me because I screw her <laughs> non-stop. That's funny. So, it's, a fu- it's fun at work though. Do you guys so, have that much fun? 
Sometimes. He just, he just like to throw tape balls at each other. We we'll get the chance. That's what I mean. Get lit on fire we, at all? No. We, we get each other with some horns every once in a while and stuff oh, like that, too. I hate like, big horns. Oh, every day. Tommy. <laughs> It'll start out just to give me a thumbs <laughs> There was one time I, he was had his back turned. I climbed in the cab on the passenger side. And I got my Snapchat ready, and I crouched on the floor, and I called him and said, Hey, can you open the door in that truck in the shop and give me the phone number <laughs> off of it? <laughs> Okay, he opens the door and I'm fucking right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I get everyone convinced of the game, all of a sudden, Rah! I expected him to open it and look right at me, but he opens it and doesn't even see me, like right here, and just looking at the bin. So I just scream at him. <laughs> you know what he says after that? I was sitting in this cab for 20 minutes, I was fucking not 20. <laughs> yeah! Two at least. So. Uh, I don't know if this one would be a good one for the podcast, but I guess I have a thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's the worst accident that you guys have had polishing? Like, um, probably the worst accident I've personally had. I was gone on... I don't remember where I was gone to. I think I was gone to California by Springers. I don't know. I was on a trip somewhere. And I had... It was Keenan, Ty, and Tara working for me at the time. And my sister messaged me. She works in my office. She messaged me. She's like, uh, so Ty went to the emergency room to get staples. Um, she says, to give you a heads up, everything's fine. Just wanted to let you know. And I'm like, you can't just lead in with that. Like, <laughs> I need to know fine. what happened. Right. Like, so I called Keenan. I'm like, what happened? He's like, well, funny story. I'm like, no, it's not going to be funny, I'm sure. Because if he's at the emergency room, this isn't going to be good. And here he was, a uh, quarter fender, half fender, whatever. He was using his arm like this to mm. turn the wheels while he was hand polishing. And his hand got stuck in there. And it went, yeek. The corner of the fender just went, oh. sliced him wide open, like deep. So they had to pack everything up from the emergency room. He had like 26 or 36 staples in his arm, something like that. It was gnarly. Like, it was bad. And... Yeah, by the time I got home, he just had big old staples in his arm, and it was, that was probably the worst one. I didn't even get to personally see it, because that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, Kavan, he did the same thing. He was spinning a wheel like this, and he slit the top of his hand, but he only had, like, a couple stitches. That was a big deal, but never had anything, like, major, major that was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. We've never been in a hospital. We haven't yet. Not that really. I mean, he smashed my thumb pretty damn good with the exhaust. Really? Get your thumb on the way. Holding the top of the muffler, trying to get it off the flex pipe. And like an idiot, I had my thumb up here, and they gave her hell. I was yelling at him to freaking lift harder, and it popped off, and freaking, I don't know what it smashed in. I just let go, and I went like this, and he's like, what's wrong with Just blood. <laughs> well, he's like, he's not, he's like mediocre freaking out, because I'm sure it hurt, like, so once I saw it, I was like, yeah, it hurts. He didn't just like cut his thumb, he like filleted the whole side off it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, you did. Get <laughs> <laughs> your thumb out of the way. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt if you didn't have your thumb. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. I got exactly. eight staples, I believe. And then my top my my dome from a bar going breaking off in a rim room. Actually it didn't break off. I was being a cheap ass. Trying to get out of your truck after eight hours of trying to sell a truck. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get all you can out of the rim room and not. There was like a little chunk left and it ripped out of my hand and went. 
and uh, that, got, that got me to eat staples. And then I had a buffalo up on me and, and slice up my legs. And I didn't go to the emergency room for that. You need to send me that picture, by the way, because I need to add that to my album. <laughs> that, like, that's, I, I, that's pretty gnarly. I actually wrapped my legs with electrical tape and uh, uh, paper they, towels. What do they call that? A and, and finished, yeah. finished buffing out the truck. Yeah, the customer was going to pick it up in like three hours. And I'm like, I would say the worst one I personally did, I don't know if I have ever even shown what these wheels are. I call them flex and blend discs. They're sheets of sandpaper stapled together in like a star pattern. And there's actually like a bald spot right here on my hand that'll never grow hair ever again. But I was, I used to use them a lot on reefer tanks, like the fronts of reefer tanks. Some companies call them sand shapers. They're like, I had a 180 grit one on or a 150 grit one on it. It was aggressive. Like these things hurt bad when, when they kick back. Like they'd fillet you wide open. And I'm sanding the top of this reefer tank and you know the holes in the bracketry? So that sandpaper got caught in there and it kicked back. And much like, was it your arm that you were showing me? You got a burn on the yeah, inside of your arm? Yeah. Much like that, that sandpaper kicked back and it was 150 grit at 3000 RPM and it just went <laughs> and I could instantly see my bone. I'm like, oh, that's not good. But it like cauterized it so fast that like it didn't even bleed. It just like instantly went oily. I'm like, I can see bone. That's not good. <laughs> so I just went and washed it as best I could and wrapped it right away. That was the worst one I personally ever had. Same with sandpaper. Did I ever see the picture when I, I was just using, deep, hurts. using DA with 600. It was like, like a, the deepest paper cut you'll ever get. Yeah, that's literally what it, it, it happened so fast. My dumbass put my hand up to stop, like the DA was gone. <laughs> and I've done it a million times. Uh huh. And like you today with finger hold, stopping the wheel, you know, it's like yep. just instinct. And I stopped and all of a sudden, like, fashion, like, if you think, right across, there's a little scar right there. It looks a little right now, but it just had yeah. a little bit of edge on it. And, yeah, it just, and I'm like, oh, and I was working on myself, and I, like, sent, I think I sent, I was like, don't stop, you're saying it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, did gas it. I saw, like, fat coming out, shit. Like, Ooh, it's like you open a can of Spam and just put uh, it. nothing shit out. to do with polishing over there. was building fire trucks, I was welding, and with a wire feed welding, Spit out a little bit of wire that was still hot and I just threw it across my lap while I went through my glove and stabbed right into my finger. And I thought nothing, I mean, it hurt, but I just wrapped it up and went home that night and my finger was swollen up and it was just pulsing. And it kind of had like a, I don't know, it kind of looked like a zit, I guess you'd say. And I wanted that pressure out, so I squeezed it and like white shit was coming out and it was my tendon. Squeezing it out of my finger. Oh! And I went to the hospital and I'm like, yeah, you should just squeeze that. <laughs> I'm mean, lucky I didn't grab, I thought about grabbing the tweezers and pulling on it, but it hurt so bad. Could you imagine pulling on your tendon with the tweezers? Oh, I think, <laughs> I think, I think as soon as you touched it with the tweezers, you'd stop. <laughs> I guarantee you, uh, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there was so much pressure, I just squeezed it and it was like, just tendon coming out. What the fuck was that? Your hair's going backwards. Oh. <laughs> it hurts now thinking about it. That would have been brutal. I know Jesse caught his wrist with a buff. Yeah, I buffed my wrist. Doing the back side of a tank, caught that little two-step. Can you finish it? Back. Can you put color on it? <laughs> <laughs> Just finish it off. It's <laughs> <laughs> trigger lock for the win. <laughs> I caught it with my wrist. I was like, oh. That's horrible looking. <laughs> Finished the truck. <laughs> had the had my sleeve pulled down, electrical taped. 
Yeah. So when you so dirty get for the next two weeks. Oh, I was wearing a t-shirt. I was wearing a t-shirt for this one. They funny. almost always get infected. They I almost always scar. I didn't cover it at all. I used a little bit of triple antibiotic when I got home. So I was in fall. Actually, his favorite thing you ever found in a truck was the first aid kit. Honestly, <laughs> on, and it's every time he puts stacks on, I need a gash of finger sometimes. He literally is like, you're going to just have to lose one of these days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you imagine dude coming in the morning, oh, stag day, fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I like, I don't mind doing that. <laughs> but like, it's every time, like, I'll be doing something, I'll say, oh, fuck. He's like, you're losing, yeah, or something, you know, like, <laughs> some comment, I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> Needless to say, I ain't had a, ain't had a bad accident. I mean, I, I, I ripped a heating cord out of the truck one time and some lights trying to <laughs> yeah, just do a fuel tanks. But there was one time I did the worst thing. If I wasn't wearing my mask, probably would have had to have reconstruction surgery on my face. Yeah. I was, but I was using a 6500 and I was getting to the top and I, I was like, I turned it, man, because I was like, look, I'm getting to this top. I know what I got to do. I just wasn't paying attention at the last second. Caught the bottom of the cab and it came up and it hit me straight in the face shield, the whole handle and all. And I mean, I, I trigger lock for the win, like Jesse said. Like I was holding it and it went whap. And I was Jesse like, Whoa. Get you every time. Yeah, I was so scared after that. Like I turned it off, I took off my mask, and I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> like I'm okay. Every time something stupid happens, I'm like. Oh God, I gotta find a mirror to make sure I'm all right. Like, yeah. Did I lose something? I thought for sure I cracked my whole face shield when I, as soon as I hit that mask. I thought I did for sure. I was like, oh no. The most satisfying thing I learned from Twiddle over there was when you get something in your eye and you take a little piece of torture and roll it up and you just really fish it out. Like a little black piece of felt or something from uh -huh. the wheel. It just strings satisfying. Eyes. Yeah, it just like, oh. It's like, I do not miss not wearing a full face respirator. I wear Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because I remember, like, I had, I could see this string in my eye one time. I could see it, and I was like, oh, i got to get this out. And, like, I finally got a hold of it. I started pulling, and it was like, whoa. Whoa. It was like a foot out from my face, and I was like, I could see it. I'm like, it's still coming out. And finally, it was like 18 inches, 20 inches long. I was like, that was a long piece of string. How it got in there, I have no idea. I'm talking, like, millimeters long. Yeah, this thing was like... <laughs> yeah. 18, 20 inches long. You know, it was satisfying getting a piece of aluminum in your finger and watching the whole thing just come out of your skin as you're taking a tweezers oh. to it. That's always satisfying. And the feeling doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> I just oh. <laughs> Every time I take a wheel off the machine and somebody's like wire wheeled the bead, you always get them little wire, yeah, little right. wire stuck. Oh, I hate getting them stuck in your hand. Like that's the worst. Because they're just fine enough that like irritates your finger. You like, take years. a wheel. Hotter than hell off the machine. <laughs> He'll be sitting in the studio and I'll go touch it with his arm. <laughs> so it's hot. See what I'm saying? It's nice on a cold day. It's hot. That's funny. Yeah, just. Or when somebody unexpectedly picks it up and then drops it right outside the room. Because it's so hot. <laughs> I get people try that all the time. They're like, I'm like, don't touch it. It's hot. They're like, oh yeah, it can't be that hot. They'll walk over and grab it like, oh! Well, it's, it's always back here. You're like the most in the soft spot. spot. Yeah. It's like no, it's not hot. What do you expect? You were in gloves. It's ice cold. Don't <laughs> <laughs> talk to her like that. What's up? <laughs> so tell her you're a seamal. Tell her you're a seamal. <laughs>
All right, so usually the ending, I usually let you guys ask me some questions, whatever. I always tell everybody anything but religion or politics, but I will wrap some stuff into religion or politics. Like, I try not to talk about other product companies, that kind of stuff as well. But uh, pretty much ask away. I'll, I'll try to be as open book as possible. It's cool as trucking down. Oh, that's a good question. I don't have, I shouldn't say I don't have coolest truck. Because I do. I just try not to let anybody know that one. But. Oh, it's hidden secret right now. Well, no, I just don't want people to play. You don't really want people to play favorites. Oh, no, no, okay. What's the most satisfying truck you've got? Like, where you, like, literally just like. the best truck you've done, I don't want to tell you. Well, no, that's different. I mean, you get done with trucks and it's like, that's pretty good. You know, like, you get that one truck. You, that's not, okay, yes. That's what I mean, like where it came in like looking like that piece of wood and you made it look like the tip, you know? Yeah. Pretty good. I will say like some of my favorite trucks out there, um, Joel Dawes' white and green truck, his Peterbilt that he built. Um, I got to drive that down to Indy one year. That truck's really nice. Um, I, I love the color combination. It's just two cool colors. Uh, his truck always comes out really nice. It's got old aluminum on it. It always polishes out super nice. So I, I really enjoy Joel's truck. Um, I like Thompson's truck. That gray and the green is super cool. Um, I've been really blessed with getting to do a lot of cool trucks. So it's would hard you rather to, do, okay, on that question, would you rather do something coming in horrible and getting it satisfied Honestly, or a yeah. truck coming in. I love my show truck guys, but I love doing my work trucks. The work trucks is what I enjoy doing. Yeah, that's like yeah. I don't want to say they're more grateful, but I feel like my local farmers and stuff they just like to see stuff shine. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, show not used to it. already probably shiny enough for 80% of people and you got to try and most show yeah. trucks try and make good and better. You, yeah. yeah, you're taking good and making it better, and most of those guys are like, it's still polished. You know, where a lot of your farm guys are bringing you something nasty, and it turns out really nice, and they're like, how did you do that? They come in super happy. Yeah. There's big smiles, big laughs. They're all just, mm -hmm. I enjoy that stuff a little more. But I love working on show trucks, too, because it's, it's fun. It's a nice way to break up, break up the year. Um, yeah, favorite truck. I don't think I can take it to, to just one. Favorite trucks, I get it. But Joel's I, I truck's up there. Truck even. Really, I don't even have. I only got a favorite truck even, and I've done like 150 of them. I mean, it's 100 of them. I always separate all the different worlds that I live in too, like the lifted truck world from the semi world. Like we do a lot in both. Oh yeah. Uh, but like lifted truck seems easy answer for me. Big Willie and. Craig Hurd from Hurd Built. Those two were like the top two builds I'd ever. regular trucks that are lifted? The lifted trucks, yeah. I mean. Don't they just buy those wheels like that and put them on for a show? Sure, some do, yeah. But like Big Willie, his truck, there's nothing untouched on that thing. Like he thought through everything in that build. Hurd Built, he did the same thing. Every piece of that truck got touched, it got chromed or repainted or whatever. And those guys actually like 
thought through how they wanted to build it, that kind of stuff. So it was nice to see in the lifted scene, like what our show truck guys do in the show truck world. Because the semi world is crazy. Like you start getting at the show level, like the builders class stuff, those guys are building some crazy, crazy yeah, stuff. It's crazy. It's hard to pick. Like those diesel brother guys even. They did that four door. They built some cool stuff. They built some badass stuff, but they did that semi. Yep. Just murdered out. They yep. had like three hundred fifty thousand dollars in that truck. I did not like the black rims on it. I do not like black rims on almost anything. Nope. Like, I'm a chrome. They I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an aluminum well, shiny like, kind of guy. It's fine. One thing. But like on a semi, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look Just one, I want a black on it. But we want to do the, we do the shadow chrome. Not like the black chrome. Yeah. It's a little sharp. No? It just doesn't look right. It's not right. for me. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm a shiny chrome guy, man. God, a shiny. I like shiny. White and shiny. Yeah. That's my two. That's my wheelhouse. I'm opposite. Black. Murder everything else. But you also raced your wife, so it's like you didn't want to clean it. I had the cleanest car. Well, I mean, I mean it's easier to clean black. That's actually cars. why our little thing exists. Because he told Dylan, well, you should start your own. And Dylan and Austin sat down and went to lunch one day and talked and, like, well, who could we have do it? And Austin was like, well, Tommy's the most anal fucker I know. He's like, you know, his race cars are always. Super nice and everything's yeah he's anal so then I get a call OCD yeah definitely for sure so I get a phone call and I go to lunch and now all of a sudden I'm changing careers and it's probably the best thing I've ever done yeah even though I, I love TIG welding and whatnot but it's so much nicer being my own boss yeah it's awesome having him as my boss too honestly. <laughs> Except for the, those days where he slips his car. It's <laughs> for eight hours and so much Alright, what's the next one? My, my question to you is, is, where do you see yourself in ten years? I know we talked about it a little bit. I talked about it in the last podcast too. Um, I told my wife I'd like to have a shop within... If I didn't have a new one built, a bigger shop built by the time I was 40, I would abandon the dream and just make it work until I retire. Um, so we're trying to make that happen still. Um, I'd like to have, I'd like to expand my product line and be able to offer more to the polishing industry. Um, I feel like a lot of products don't really get tailored specific to the trucking industry. I feel like a lot of companies do that and then they kind of branch off and lose sight of where that started, you know. Um, the trucking industry, it's a completely different industry. You can't compare it to a lot of other industries like trucks put on miles that most cars don't see in a lifetime. Most of these lifted trucks don't see ever. Like they'll never get to the mileage that these semis get in a year. In a year, yeah. So it's like the products have to be a little different. They gotta they gotta hold up better in harsher conditions and be able to withstand stuff. So I'd like to be able to expand into what I'm doing uh, in that department. We're actually in the product development stages of some show quality polishes right now. Um, I'm hoping to have them released by this coming year, Louisville. Knock on wood, God willing, it happens. Uh, hopefully, COVID disappears pretty soon here. Um, we're developing a brown and a green compound 
that are less abrasive. So like chucks that are already nice to make them next level nicer. Uh, some products that I've been using for over a year now will be able to push into the, push into the industry. Uh, I am a little nervous that people are going to buy these bars thinking they're going to be able to take a junk truck and turn it into a show truck because we're calling them show bars. But I'm hoping with the right marketing we can get people to understand that it has to be a nice truck already before you polish with this because it's not going to be very abrasive. It's just going to be show quality stuff like being able to eliminate hash marks a lot easier. Um, the show quality po polishes, the brown will probably go with a yellow wheel and the green will probably go with a white wheel. It's just going to be higher end stuff. Um, we're just finishing the development stages on that. I got a couple polishers testing stuff for me right now so we can make sure that we're able to replicate what we're doing in other areas. Um, but I'd like, to, I'd like to grow the product side. I enjoy developing products. I enjoy being a part of all of that. So for my 10 year plan is to get into a bigger shop, be able to expand my product line, I'd like to keep the YouTube thing going as long as possible. Uh, I feel like that's been a, a fun outlet for me to kind of break up the, the work side. Um, what a lot of people don't see is I actually have a YouTube video coming out in uh, maybe like a week or two that I literally took a GoPro and vlogged my day. Like I wanted people to see what my day looks like. Like literally from the time I get up in the morning, it's business. So the time I go to bed at night, it's business. Like business doesn't shut off when I go home. It doesn't shut off at all. And I polished a, f uh, a fuel tank the truck while up during that day. So I posted the time-lapse video the other day on my Instagram. That video is part of the longer video of what my day looks like. I start off the morning answering emails and all that stuff, checking orders, making sure everybody gets responded through text message or DMs or Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, TikTok, like all the social media platforms get responded to as much as I can in the morning. And then I go out into the shop, go on and our polishing trucks, doing whatever we got to do for the day. And that day was like, I started at six o'clock in the morning, I walked out my house door, I didn't walk back in that night until like 10 or 11 o'clock that night. So you literally see my entire day. I'd like to get more into the boss role at some point in time. Like I'd like to have a big shop that I can kind of oversee. That's my 10 year plan, is to get out of the shop and polish when I want to, not because I have to, because there's nobody else there to do it. Mm. My other question to add on to that, do you think you'll be actually polishing yourself in 10 years? Because you just said tie into that, because a lot, the, the rumor, I would say the rumor, everybody says it's so hard on your body. You've been polishing already for 20 years. Do you think your body can take 10 I will say, years of actual polishing? I know a lot of polishers that are 70, 80 years old that are still polishing. They're not doing the quantity that we're doing anymore. Um, a lot of the techniques I showed you guys today, propping your arms up on your legs, that kind of stuff, has really saved my back. So, like, if you'd asked me five years ago if I'd still be polishing in 10 years, I'd have probably said no. Like, I thought I was going to be dead by now. But now that I'm, like, figuring out better ways to do things, I'm not getting so beat up anymore. So, I think I can polish for another 10 years. I, I want to be able to physically step out of the polishing completely by 55. So that gives me 17 more years. And I honestly think I can probably polish for another 17 years and not be too fatigued and blown out that I won't want to live out the rest of my life, you know? Actually be able to walk and 
still maybe play baseball with your kids. How old are your kids? Um, my oldest is 10 and my youngest is going to be 7 this month. Or your grandkids or whatever. Yep. Do they have any part in the future, you think? Um, they come to the shop. They literally, all the labels that are on our products, 90% of that's my kids. They label all of our products for us. Um, my daughter, my oldest, is showing some interest in wanting to run it. I keep telling her, like, you can run it, but I want you to run the office. Like, mm -hmm. I want you to go to business school, get smart, so you can do the marketing, you can do that kind of stuff, and I'd rather they work on that side. My little one, she's a big-time daddy's girl. She'll probably be in the shop at some point in time. And I wanted a boy. We swung and missed twice, and the business was like raising another kid on its own. I went and got fixed because I felt bad. Like, I didn't see my oldest is 10. Like the first seven years of her life, like I was just buried in the shop. I didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time with her. Like I did when she was little, um, but as she got bigger, like I just didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with her. And then when we had the little one, <clears throat> like I said, she'll be seven year end of the month. I didn't get to see her hardly at all. <coughs> and it wasn't until COVID hit that I actually like started spending time at home. And I was like, well, I just need to start spending time at home. Yeah, it's a good thing. I've sacrificed a lot for my shop too. And yep. I completely understand it. My wife would. We scheduled birthdays around polishing trips. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny. Like, my wife, she'll never let me forget it. But our first kid, we were supposed to. We went in on like a Wednesday, and we were supposed to. That was her due date, and I had a big polishing weekend booked that weekend. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a whole fleet we were supposed to get done. And I'm like, you know, I know you're not fully in labor right now, <laughs> but if we induce today, you'll be out by Friday and I can go work this weekend. Like, it's a big money weekend. And she's like, okay. And yeah, we got home and my show car burnt up and I lost my garage. And uh, I didn't end up working that weekend anyways. I think it was somebody higher up trying to tell me that I need to slow down a little bit, but we didn't. And then when we had our second one, she worked for like, she took her three months off to, for the having the baby. And then she went back to work for like a month or two and we had some babysitter issues and I finally just said, why don't you be a stay-at-home mom? Like, I'll just work harder, I'll figure it out. And I did. And then, uh, yeah, it just escalated to the point of, let's schedule birthdays around this. Or I have one last question. Knowing, now since you met both, both shops and whatnot, these Who's the best polisher? Me. <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys, these Let's guys, being, <laughs> these guys being uh, friends in their shop, knowing each other, brought in other people around them, knowing that they might not be talented or whatever have you or whatever word you want to use for that. It me just bringing in randos and, and throwing out a fishing line and hoping. Would you bring in more of your people around you the farther you, the more you grow, or would you just hire people that are already involved in that world? Or? I say in the 20 years of my experience, don't be picky. Like, I don't care if it's family or if it's somebody from outside. If you find anybody that wants to do this. There's not a lot of people that want to get this dirty every day. Train them and get them to stick with it. Like, that's the hardest part. Like, I don't care if your family or your friends or you're just a random guy off the street, like if they're coachable, trainable, and want to work, I don't care who you are. <clears throat> like one of my cousins worked for me, I'm like, listen, when we're outside of work, like we are best friends, we're cousins, but when we're at work, I'm the boss, you're the employee. Like I hate it to be that way, but it's like 
have to. The days, have there's to. a lot of days where it has to be sometimes, right. you know? So it's like, I find it's harder for family to understand when shit hits the fan that sometimes it's their fault and you gotta come down on them for it because it, it is harder. Like, I love my sister to death, but there's some days where it's like, I come down on her and then she's mad at me because I was a dick. It was like, as sad as it is, I, I understand you're my sister and I love her to death, but there's still some times where I'm her boss and that's hard. Whereas if it's just a random person off the street, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Like, like sometimes you just gotta come down on somebody. That's the hard part with that whole, yeah. That's what I mean is you yeah. have experience with- But he also told me right from the get-go, because me and him have known each other over 10 years, easily. You know, 15 years maybe. Not even just as friends, you know, like, or, you know, whatever. And he told me right off the bat, he's like, yeah, I don't want our friendship to get fucked because of this. Yep. There's days where I'm like, I don't want to see you again. <laughs> You're dead to me? I know. But then there's some days I walk in, dude, guess what happened last night? Yeah. Like, you know, like, we have our ups and downs, but I think that's like a in work environment. I feel like anyway. you even build that even when it's random people. Yeah. Like, if you, when you spend the amount of time that you do, like we do in this industry, you end up becoming friends with whoever you're working with. Yeah. Like, that I is the hardest part. I see my family. Literally, same. You know, I have, I have a daughter. I mean, it's me and my daughter usually. These two bumped up with each other and see them. <laughs> I was like, Ty, I mean, I didn't know him from the next guy, and he just happened to come into work because somebody else I had working there, and they were friends. He came to work for me. And, like, when he quit, dude, it devastated me because, like, I treated him like one of my own kids, you know? It was, it was devastating to have him just up and quit. And it was all... I came down hard on him one day, and it was just too much for him. Like, I don't mean to be that way, but like sometimes I feel like I'm very lenient, and sometimes I get taken advantage of. Get too lenient. And when, yeah. and when it goes in sideways, sometimes I just bark back because it's like it went in sideways, you know. I'm starting to see that side of it too, because you know he still he he's a total keypad warrior. He's afraid <laughs> to say it's, it to my face. it's a lot easier for me to get everything I need to say. A big long touch than to sit here and try and say it. And I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I'm very I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'd rather get it out in the open with you. Yeah. Deal with it right here and now and get it done and over with. Like, say what you I, I get, I'll get too worked up and I, I won't get everything I need to say. So I need to sit there and think about what I'm saying. <laughs> say, do I really want to say this to you? And, and it's like five minutes after I leave sometimes. Like, bro, I just left the shop. <laughs> sometimes you can appreciate that too, though. Cause I mean, I like, get it because I could see he's very laid back. There's times where I'd probably do take a little advantage of him. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'll admit it. And run camera now. You've got the best time. <laughs> two cameras. Like, two of them. Exactly. There you go, Kelly. I said it. But there's times where it's like, dude, I kicked ass today and you're gonna, you know, so it's like. Like I said, I rarely tell him good job or anything. I try to pick and choose my battles. Right. Or it's, dude, I could literally see you if you like being fired. <laughs> no, it's sometimes it's like we can release two versions of this podcast. I can release the unedited one. Release the <laughs> Listen, I don't edit these things, so you're no. gonna get what you get. No, I have to put explicit cool. on this one. <laughs> Most of our other ones, like we managed to find a way to not curse, but I figured once you get in a group like this, it just doesn't. It's, there's no yeah. way to get around it. <laughs> I swear, I just say a question. Like, yeah, so I, I guess I got a question. Um, What's, I guess what's some advice that you would you would tell someone who wants to become successful but is also as well at it? So I guess, 
I guess more or less uh, a basis of me just thinking about in my position. From an employee standpoint? No, no, no. Trying to become successful because at some point, you know, I do want to own a business or do something with my life to where I'm not piss poor broke until I'm fucking 90 years old and my daughter has nothing. Like, but that's the situation. Look, man, I had a kid young. I'm 23 years old. Yeah. Like, I had a kid young. Now I'm regretting it. Not that I don't love my daughter. <laughs> Obviously, I don't regret the fact that I had a kid. I regret the fact that I had a kid so young. Yeah. Because now, first of all, I didn't have money to begin with. Yeah. And now, any money I do have is gone. I feel like that's, so, that's a tough area. So my question is, what's some advice that you would give to somebody trying to... Become successful or wanting to become successful and still yet trying to Spend enough time with their family to where their family doesn't hate them or disown them I feel like that's a gamble like to, to have both it's You know the possible. old saying like have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. You can't like You something has to be sacrificed. I haven't found I haven't found a recipe to not sacrifice something to get ahead like no matter what you do in life and as I'll age myself, I'm 38. I can tell you in 38 years, I haven't found any shortcuts in life. Like I know some people that caught lucky breaks, but it's like, I, I still hustle every day. Like I'm out in my shop polishing every day and everybody wants to own their own business. And I will tell you, if you don't want to sacrifice family time and you don't want your family to resent some of that, don't start a business. Like seriously, that's not, owning a business doesn't mean you're gonna have just money falling out your hindsight just because you own your own business like I sacrifice like I just said I sacrificed a ton of stuff a lot of time with my family and there was there was trips my wife and kids went on that I stayed home because I we just we needed the money it was like we just had to hustle to get where I wanted to be but you felt good letting them go yeah no 100% like like, my wife and kids my my kids get a great life yeah that's the coolest reward my kids got all kinds of toys yep all kinds of like they got four wheelers dirt bikes all kinds of stuff there's always a sacrifice i just feel like sometimes i sacrifice being away from my family you know like right now for instance still being gone you know and sometimes man i'm not i'm not even gonna lie to you sometimes there's some days where i'm just sitting here and it's like what am i even doing this for like i can't my daughter i can't afford nice stuff I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't afford it. Is well, what am I doing this for? Like, why am I doing this? I'm working every day to what? Essentially be broke, barely pay my bills. My daughter's like, not going to have a better life than what I had growing up. That's how I feel. I feel like we've gotten to a point in society where we have a lot more than what, like, I'm only 38 years old, and I always remember, like, my grandpa and my dad telling me stories about how they had it when they were a kid, and I always feel like every time I hear somebody talking, I, I fall into that same thing of like, you have no idea, like, everybody's got Xboxes or iPads or nice cars and stuff now, like, I grew up in just shit boxes, like, it's just how it was, like, you have a nice car, you get back and forth to work with, and... Wouldn't say it doesn't have its fair share of problems, though. Well, no, everybody's <laughs> yeah, does, you know, but like, I don't know, I would say... The side hustle is probably the biggest thing you could do. Like, if you wanted something to get yourself ahead right now, as stupid as it sounds, TikTok or YouTube. Like, or flipping stuff on eBay. Like, I know a lot of guys that flip stuff on eBay. Like, they go to thrift shops, buy coffee mugs, or they go and buy stuff that they know they can sell on eBay, they'll buy it 
50 cents or a dollar, they'll sell it for five bucks. Like, it sounds like not a lot of money, but if you sell 20 monks a week, it's an extra 100 bucks a week, and that's cash in your pocket. It's the you perseverance know? of it. Um, TikTok. Like, I was telling you guys on Nebraska franchise, like, you told me the other day, you made $30 in one day off of video. Like, just post it up. Well, this one's bringing us money, so we're going to be set. <laughs> this one? I'll cut you guys royalties on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like your side hustle. Just because you go home from work every night at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock until what time do you go to bed? Mm, late. Midnight, <laughs> 1 o'clock? Uh, I'd say about 11.30. So by the time you get showered up, 7 o'clock? Yeah, then so, I got to eat dinner. <laughs> so from 7 to 11.30, what time are your kids? What time does your kid go to bed? Mm, now that she's getting to that age where she doesn't really want to fall asleep that well, I'd say about 9.30, 10 is about the time that she's starting to fall asleep. Okay. And that's, that's if we can get her to bed by 10 o'clock. And what about your girlfriend? Um, hey, she's, she's, she's up until I'm She's still up when you're up? Yeah. So if you could figure it out two to three nights a week, just take that extra hour or two hours from when your kid goes to bed till the time you want to go to bed, and just do something side hustle wise. Just find yourself a side hustle, whether it's not well, selling drugs. Not drugs. Not drugs. You can make a lot of money doing that. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> but find, get into TikTok or get into Instagram or something. And just get yourself a side hustle. Spend two hours, three days a week. It's only six hours, but that six hours adds up pretty fast. I feel like you'd kill the TikTok game. That's the thing is, man, I've heard so many rumors about TikTok, I don't even know if it's worth it, man. It's, well, it's, quit with the conspiracy. <laughs> hey, no, no, I mean, you know, I didn't even like that, though. It's just, you know, the thing is, is like I said, like, I don't know. How, it, it's hard for me to really decipher what I want because I do want, I don't want to be filthy rich. I don't want to have a million dollars but oh, not have a family. That's a lie. I mean? We all want to be filthy rich. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. really don't. I just want... A better life for my daughter if than I, I had, and I want my—I well, don't want to worry. <laughs> See, my thing is, I don't want to worry about money. You just money. told me yesterday you turned out a million dollars for an airstream. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would. You could not pay me a million dollars to do an airstream. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I'd well, do an airstream for a million dollars. What if, I, if somebody offered you a million dollars for nothing, you'd take it. I mean, if it was ah, easy. Somebody to offered me a million dollars for an airstream. I'd try my damnedest. Do an airstream for a million dollars. I'd try my damnedest for it. You know, like exactly. But I take it for free too. Everybody oh, wants wow. to be in a better position than they're in. And I'm telling you with social media as easy as it is to do things outside of what you're already doing, it's easy to create external streams of revenue. Like you guys work on cool trucks all the time. I don't feel like any of us are as bad as a lot of people are. A lot of people. Right. So just take a video of whatever you're working on for the day. One video every day of whatever you're working on. Before and afters, do tutorials, whatever, how-tos, like how to clean a seat, how to do whatever, and just post it. Like, even if not a lot of people watch it, not a lot of people subscribe to it, like TikTok, just, it'll start paying. Like, it may only be 50 bucks a month for a year, but all of a sudden, maybe one, one video goes viral, and now all of a sudden, you got a whole ton of followers. And it picks off and it starts just Dude, snowballing. Shit, we could just like do it. Like he could be our Gordon Ramsay. Hey, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> like, yo, Gordon Ramsay. Check it. <laughs> just dudes sitting there yelling at us because we're not following. Check this tank out. And that's what I mean. Is like, <laughs> those are the simplest things you can do to create external streams of revenue. Like, 
I try to monetize everything in my life. I mean, literally everything I try to monetize. Anything that can be monetized is monetized in my life. Maybe you're just a really smart dude. I'm not even really that smart. I don't. I feel stupid. <laughs> I'm mean, be honest with you. I just well, don't no, feel like I'm feel smart stupid. enough to do you that. Don't take it like that. I'm just saying, like, there's people out there, like my brother, for instance. He could sell a turd to a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Straight he, up. He's not lying. I like he literally. He can flip anything. Somewhere. Anything. He can sell a solo cup for twenty dollars on eBay. Seriously, <laughs> it's nuts. But here I'm like. My shoelaces. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know where to start. That's but the at the same thing. time, like, like he started, he just did it. Like, that's his thing. Did like, it. That's what he was saying. Is he took a sacrifice. Yep. Took, literally. Are you willing to sacrifice six hours of your week to try and build a side hustle? I bet you he's working right now on this trip. When he when when he made the decision, just like I made the decision to go out on your own, you thought you knew something. I started my business with a two hundred dollar paycheck when I left the truck wash. Like I had. Literally two hundred dollars that I went to the bank and cashed it so that I could go and buy polishing supplies. Well, that's where they say ninety percent of stories that start out with something like you just said are very successful. Because I, I didn't you, know any other. You have to straight up. Like I, you, you have to grind. I mean, you, you have to take. You, you're hungry. You, you have to do whatever you can to make money. <laughs> <laughs> you said grind. He said literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, you have to because you're hungry. I mean, if you don't go to work. If you don't work till midnight, two o'clock, or even around the clock, you're gonna stop. <laughs> so you did it the right way too. You worked at a truck stop. For me, and it like was you like had, you did that. On the, you know, you yeah. like you said you worked sixteen hours a day. Yeah. You know, you did your job, and then I still and went that and that was your part-time job. So then you were like, I got clientele. Fuck this dude. That's not giving me what I, I just not, always what I, I think I deserve. You know, I always really. forced myself to hustle. Like, yeah, literally. Like, I always like found something else that like. I wanted or I needed or it was like I always forced myself to level up blaster. Once I learned I had to sacrifice right. something to get it to level up, like that was the hard shot to on some parties right right behind, <laughs> <laughs> right behind that Italian place there. Yeah, I got like, where are you staying? I've had massive parties there. No, it was a bad bad actually. I don't want to talk about it, We've all had bad hotel party nights. No, that was a bad <laughs> But like I said, it's just all about sacrifice. Like, if you want one, something else is gonna hurt. Like, there's a yin and a yang to everything. Like, literally. And everybody that tells you there's a shortcut. There isn't. There isn't. Like, it's just it's straight hustle. Like, if you're selling drugs, you're risking going to jail. There's there's a yin and a yang to everything. If you're hustling, there's a chance that your family's gonna leave you or they're gonna resent you for doing it. Like I said, I'm very fortunate. My wife's very understanding. My kids are kind of understanding. My oldest, she understands that I go on the road a lot. My little one, like me being home this year. Last year I was gone for, I want to say 12 days for Dallas last year. All of a sudden she turned into a daddy's girl and now she doesn't want me leaving anymore. Like I told her I was coming on this trip. She's like, yeah, I wish you could just stay home a long time. I'm like, oh my God, like it kills me. At the same time, it's like one of her friends was over at her house and she's like, you guys must be rich. Like, no. like, we live a very good life, but we're not rich by any sense of the term. And she's like, well, I get all these nice things. My dad works really hard. Like, that's, that's cool, my, she says. my six-year-old knew that. That's a cool like, feeling. It's awesome that my kids, I've at least gotten them to understand the fact that the reason we have nice things is because I work really hard for it. 
and I, nothing's given to you. Yeah. And also, like, since, like, so I've, I've got obviously too, like, I'm not to say I'm the best dad out there, but, I mean, <laughs> if my if my kid, I mean, my kid, she's a total dad, but I have fun with her. I'm, I treat her like one of the dudes, like, so, you know, like, she's cool. But, like, if she said that, it's, like, even, like, it's a good feeling. Down the road, like, when she looks for a, a guy, or, you know, husband, boyfriend, whatever, it's, like, like, you better be on your toes getting shit done. You know, like, that's... I don't know if you already jinxed that. There ain't even going to be no husband or anything <laughs> like that. Nah, I don't even try. <laughs> Did you call that? Because after this. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a good story. Oh, that shit. Sick with your chips. It's probably really mean. Jesse actually. and Tommy, you guys are the only ones left. For what? Questions. Questions. Question of the day. Oh. Blue or purple? That's your eyes gonna look like after this. <laughs> I guess if you could go back like 25 years, would you do anything different? Ooh. 13. Go. Like, could I take the experience I have now? <laughs> or am I just going back? Am I going back and talking to myself? Or am I going back and just starting over? Are you going back and changing something? Yes, either or. If I could go back and tell my stuff, myself some stuff, I would fill myself in on life. Like a lot. And that just came with age. Like 2026. You can't get that. Like to warn myself about 2020 and 2005, <laughs> like, 2007. Like, oh, those are key years day. you're going to want to sleep through. Stock market's going to crash. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Save money. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but no, if I, if I had to go back, I would do it all over again. Um, I regret a little bit not starting my business earlier, um, but at the same time, like, I feel like my business needed that time to build before I left the wash. I needed that momentum going, and it helped me build confidence, like, me quitting, putting in my two-week notice, and him acting the way he did, like, gave me that extra momentum to make sure I made it happen, you know? So... I don't know, I don't think I'd change anything. I wish things happened better in certain situations. I wish some things didn't work out the way they did. But I feel like all those things have molded me into what I am. So I don't think I'd want to change those just because I enjoy who I am right now. I learned a lot of very hard life lessons by living through them instead of watching other people. School of hard knocks. It was school of hard knocks for sure. I mean. I've had some things that knocked me down pretty hard that I, I thought I'd never come back from, and here I am. I feel doing better than I was. Everything I've done has moved forward. I've sidestepped a lot, but it's, I've always moved. I always tell people, like, not everything you have to do has to be a forward, a forward step. Just don't sit in the same spot too long. And I feel like my entire life has either been forward I've had some fallbacks, but I've had a lot of sidesteps too that I was like, ooh, I need to dodge this. Step over here for a little bit, wait for that to pass, and then continue moving forward. Did you ever think that you would be sitting in here in general? or Sioux Falls, South Dakota? No, 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 not in here, but like <laughs> like teaching people. You know what I mean? Honestly, like, you didn't go to school to be a teacher. You know, no. like, you know, like, did you ever think like 20 years ago, whatever, that you'd be no. like, I'm going to teach dudes how to do this someday. Or no. women, whatever. You know, whatever. This all just happened but, because... Did you know any girl polishers? 
Grill polishers? I know a lot. Actually, I've had a bunch work for me. Really? He had a yeah. polisher that had no legs. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> no, he had legs. Legs or something. That's on the right field. Platte River Sales. Yeah. 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 He was in a wheelchair. That's what it was. Yeah. He called me and wanted to train. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. I got him on the schedule. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm in a wheelchair. And I laughed. I'm like, you're polishing from a wheelchair. He's like, his name's Sanford Kane. He's like, no, seriously, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm like, how the hell do you polish? He's like, put the brakes on. I. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I do. He's like, I figured out ways to do it. And I'm like, they can figure out how to do anything. What if it kicks weird. back? I'm like, holy shit! shit. Hey, they're still. Oh, they pull right huh? out of the chair. They're still. No. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's yeah. So when he came to get trained, like I built jigs just to train him. Like I didn't know what else to do because I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So like. Like keep him safe on your own and you know. Doing a box, I was like, so how do I keep you from falling out of your chair? He's like, if I grab an edge, it's gonna yank me out of the chair and I'll get back up and get in the chair again. And it was like he was just such an awesome dude. Sanford's a really nice guy, like and he's very talented. Struggles are real. Very talented polisher. And polished from a chair. Now he just sold his wheel machine and he's working for his brother in sales because his body just couldn't handle it. I mean being bent over like this without yeah, like, without leg muscles and controls, yeah. like, he just got beat up every day, so he just, he couldn't do it anymore. That's what I was kind of wondering, like, if they were to, like, try to get underneath, you know, like, But I didn't expect to be a teacher, like, it just kind of happened. Yeah. I had a lot of people that were hitting me up, just asking a ton of questions all the time, and then I had a couple friends that were polishers that were like, you should just run a training course or something, and I'm like, yeah, okay, who the hell would come to that? So, like, when people would... Yeah. call and ask me a ton of questions and I'm like yeah I'm thinking about offering a training course and all of a sudden some people were like oh my god yeah I would pay to do that like okay how many, how many courses have you done um I have officially trained you guys would be 320 Shit. right around in that ballpark is there three, three companies so far <laughs> yeah I've trained like it's over 300 polishers but I, I want to say you guys are close to 320 what are they coolest? What's that? What are they coolest? I'd say top 15. Top five. <laughs> All right, we get the top 15. Am I the top like four? Yeah, All right. Wow. You're the only one below 15. Fired. <laughs> Did I say top 115 or 15? <laughs> no one answered that. <laughs> I didn't expect to be trained. It's. I think it'd be cool. It's been a fun new outlet. Like, I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy getting to see people grow and learn on their own. It's it's cool. I mean, it, yeah. It's not going to be fun when he gets on YouTube in six months and sees that our channel is bypassing us. the coolest. This one <laughs> podcast just out blew everything else. Just don't forget me when you guys get famous. That's all I have. I'm already famous. <laughs> I don't even have any, like, ads or anything to the It'll happen. It no, it, it's it'd be cool to like be a teacher. I think it'd be like humbling, kind of. It is. Like I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy getting to see people grow and be able to pass this art on to somebody else. Yeah, I was even telling CJ earlier. I was like, it's cool, like seeing what a guy's been doing it for so many years. You know, even you guys, you know, you've been doing it longer than me. Everyone's been doing it longer than me. Mm. And like seeing, I'm doing it 
kind of close to what they're doing. You know, that's what it is. I struggle for you know, twenty yeah, years trying to figure it out on my own. Or even like the same steps. You know, like I'm taking this step first. This. Step it's first. nice to be able to dump you know, twenty years of information into somebody. Yeah. And then now I get to watch you guys on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Watch and see what you guys do with it from here. Because in twenty years, you came up with oh, like, even holding the gun different. You know, the buffer like try it this way. You know, and, like you. It took twenty years to even yeah. be like. Oh no! I think this is the best way. It's here I am, yep. year and a half in. It's like yeah. uh, twenty years. You have it, you don't even think about anything. Yeah. So just think about it. In twenty years, that's if you're still saying. doing this. Imagine what you'll be able to teach somebody. Yeah, you exactly. Exactly. Killer by that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I see a lot of young polishers that have come down the training course that have just taken their game next level, and it's like they're. I'm going. Next, I'm LeBron next, 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 the fucking. I'm get, winning his fifth title. He, he's LeBron <laughs> the paint right now. <laughs> you brought. <laughs> MJ and Kobia. Lakers <laughs> is one of the 17th. I'm bringing them to the 18th, breaking records. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. Well, Tommy, you're the last one. Who do you got? You guys took all the big ones. You always have something to say. Give me something to ask. I asked how old those kids were. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> If they were interested in the business. That's true, you did. I'll, yeah. let, I'll let that no, slide. No, that's a horrible question. Think of something. I'll let that slide. That was a good question. Hey, nobody really asked about your family. For so. what it's worth, I, I hope one of my kids does take it over. I hope, that would be badass. I hope by the time I want to let it go at 55, my wife tells me I'll never so let when it go. So when I call your place, at my, I'm talking to your sister then, right? Yeah, usually it's my sister in the office, yeah. My wife comes in and she... No, I mean, when I, when I was there to get the machine, your youngest daughter was there. Yep. She didn't have school or daycare or something that day. Yep. Yeah, she was pretty young then, yeah, I think. Yeah, they were all eating donuts behind the counter, and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. That's how yeah, most of the days go. You can totally see him doing that, too, like... <laughs> yep. It's fairly accurate. Wisconsin. Where, where is it? Where is it? Chilton. 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 Middle of nowhere. What's it close to? Uh, I've heard reference of, Milwaukee. South to Green Bay by like half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, look at this. Oh, no, you're a Packers fan? Oh. Vikings fan. Oh, God. <laughs> that's worse. That's it. That's it. That's done now. Vikings are oh, horrible God. this year. I thought Vikings are horrible year? every year. <laughs> Bro. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go back to Last time they won a Super Bowl guys... was uh, when? Never. Hey. It's our year next year. <laughs> it's our year next year. That's what they, they all say. That should be their team motto. Yeah. It's our next year next year. <laughs> I feel like it probably is. That's <laughs> what they all say. It's our, it's our year next year until they choke. I like again, the Chiefs right? too, all right? Yeah, they're not. Well, at least yeah. you like legit for years now. Can't say much about the Chiefs. Football. Not that they're Patriots. the best, but at least they're better than the Browns. Hey, the Browns don't bring it this year. They start off strong every year. Yeah, know. right. All the <laughs> underdogs start off strong, and then it all you goes downhill. You watch football, downhill. Jesse? Me neither. No. I haven't watched it all this year either. Football? Yeah. I'm over it this year. They gave him one uh, game. They put one game of Neil, so I mean. They put like Black Lives hey, Matter and everything too much into it, man. It got it's just too political not, for me. Yeah, it's just not regular football. Hey, did you anymore. see that? I don't uh, know. The NBA Finals sports. had a 70% drop in ratings? Yes. Yeah. 
Honestly, to I don't feel like Viking Seahawks game. Sports. That's just my own personal. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's. You guys are—they're all celebrities. Like they have their own platform. They could do it on their own social media and stuff. They yeah. don't need to do it in sports. Something where they're being paid heavy for it. Right. Like I don't speak out very often about my political views, just because Same. I don't feel like anybody Me cares too. what my view is. Like, Absolutely. I I, I can be friends it. with all of you guys. I don't care who you're voting for, where you stand on sports or or politics or religion like I don't care I appreciate everybody's religion and their own choices like I'm just happy with that I forgot a Vikings fan except the Vikings like I gotta draw the line so yeah yeah that's kind of <laughs> I'm kidding I honestly don't get care out of here. Like, I just don't my get out <laughs> but I want to say yeah. thank you to all you guys this has been a fun been a fun training day I'm glad you guys decided to do the podcast because these have been a good outlet for a lot of people. A lot of people have really reached out to me and said that they enjoy listening to these things because it's relatable I didn't, content. I didn't even know for, about it. Now I'm going to have something to listen to. <laughs> it's relatable for a lot of people because <clears throat> a lot of people don't understand that I went through a lot of the same growing pains you guys are going through. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff I'm teaching you guys are a lot of the same issues I had. So it's like a lot of people don't understand that I started in the same spot you started. This all didn't just fall into my lap. So other people getting to listen to these podcasts and hear you guys talk about the same situations, they're relating to a lot of the issues that you're having. So it's just... I was, I was skeptical at first. About, like, well, I can type in on YouTube and watch you do it on there, but it's way different in person. Yeah, yeah. different oh, experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I, like with a diamond plate. Like I can't ask the like computer screen what I want to ask while you're polishing. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't listen to me when you're on There's a difference screen. between watching something on this small of a yeah. screen and seeing something in person because well, like there's just so earlier, much small detail. The sounds, the pitches, and everything. Yeah, yeah. so much small detail. Like even when we were doing it. Like you're and you like edit out all the small steps. Yep. Yeah. You know, like doing that grill. You know, you did it just as fast or faster than I've seen me or Tommy do it. But it's like you did it so just slick natural smoothly it was like and then all of a sudden it was like done they're like oh should we be sanding still and it's like we're gonna keep that we'll just go to the next step here like ends of tanks i think we can all say we've struggled with that and shit that thing looked <laughs> good today yeah that end of that tank is perfect there's no lines in it or nothing yeah it it was my it, honestly i was I feel like I'm still the best, but I, mean, <laughs> but I enjoy doing it. Like I enjoy doing this. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I like teaching. You guys have been you guys have been great students. I've seen you guys all grow just today. Pressure definitely changed a lot of stuff for you guys. Mm -hmm. was, for sure, it was cool to be able to get to come out and do that. It's cool when you don't fold under pressure, though, too. You know, like when you actually like do something and you like. You're proud of yourself. I mean, I can speak for everyone too, you know, on that. Like when you get done, you're like, oh shit, that looks great. Instead of like, I was waiting to catch a wire or, you know, something. You just leave it. I put them on my foot. But it's no, like, it. I was so waiting to fail. I was like, I told it, I, what's your name? Grant. Grant. It's like, today's my first day I take one off the mask. Yeah. I was like, I haven't done it at all. It's a year and a half, and today's gonna be the day. 
but I didn't fold under pressure. It's because today's the first day you've ever worn a mask. Called out. One in the face. I was excited. I wanted to be the first one to polish something after I was like, like Maybe that's your thing. Yeah, you put the mask on for the first time and just squeezed your head and you focused. Gave him a stress headache. It did. My jaw cramps up so bad when you wear that thing for eight hours. Actually, that medium did not hurt my jaw. The large hurt my jaw more. I feel like it, like, was it squeezed it tight. You got a small head. It pinched. Maybe. Small yeah, brains. Less brains. I'm <laughs> guaranteed that. But it, it, like, I feel like with the big one, it, like, doesn't pull it tight like this. It, like, just pulls it tight this way. Like, it pinches it in, like a taco wall. That's what Make she said. Taco. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, he. Ain't really well, I'm cool. But I appreciate you guys yeah. having me on, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. If you guys are ever over in Wisconsin, you guys are welcome at my place anytime. I always tell everybody once you've done the training course once, you're welcome to come over to my shop and hang out and polish anytime you want. If anybody ever wants a refresher, I don't charge for those. I get polishers come through my shop and just hang out for two, three days at a time and just polish trucks with me in the shop. They just donate some time and we spitball and learn new stuff. I'm always trying to up my game too. That'd be cool. We need yeah. to that That'd be nice. Nice little road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Austin just told me we bought 28 more trucks today, so. What? <laughs> nice. So gross. 28 more? Yeah, so gross. All right, let's get so, out of here. So, uh, you want to just like. Move in for a while. No. Yeah, right. Hard <laughs> <laughs> Till next Let's time. Polishing. We'll do everything else. See ya. <laughs>